0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: There is nothing more intoxicating than the meld of emotions and sensations that is Friday night. Friday night is the sound of that crowd, the pride of that community, the way that that grass smells. I've never felt in my adult life the way that I felt on Friday nights. That's what those kids are playing for. They're playing for that emotion. They're playing for that brotherhood and all of that sensory input that comes from Friday night. That's why they're playing high school football in this country. It is this common thread that weaves through the American fabric. Whether you live in Compton, California, or you live in Appalachia, If you played the game at the high school level, you have this common bond of representing that community. Anyone who disparages where the game is based on myriad reasons. I'm not buying it. I'm around the game every day on these campuses. I see the impact it has on these young men. I see the way that these coaches are able to grow high school boys into NFL or professional men and it's just beautiful.
2: Afternoon, everybody. I'm Rich Yalba alongside Eugene Benton coming to you live from the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios here in Somerville, South Carolina. We're just a little due west of Charleston, South Carolina, up the road on the I. Of course, uh, you can find us. Of course, you can find the factory, the actual gym where the guys and girls are getting after it right now. And uh, that is over there at 5913 Loftus Road in Hanahan, South Carolina as well. You can reach out at 843 843- Five seven three seven three nine one. Want to give some love to the guys and girls over there, who are getting these young men and women better every day. Anybody that goes through those doors comes out a lot better than they were when they walked in. Even not just that day, but any day. Uh, now, of course, that being said, it is going to be a lock, socked and ready to rock show here tonight, as we've got three different guests. A former player who always is here with us, Reginald Walker Jr. At six thirty, of course, coming in from Charlotte. North Carolina, he played with Joe Pott and, of course, the Nitty Lions back in the day. He also does a lot of TV and radio stuff in Charlotte, but he is a big-time contributor right here on Southern Sports Central for his, of course, Tent Farm segment at 6.30 on Tuesday. So we'll check in with him, of course, uh, at that time. And then it gets a little bit, well, coachy in the house, if you will, because we're going to bring in not one but two coaches here. We'll start off at 7.30 with Coach Rocco. Adrian, he is the Wanda Warriors head football coach over there in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, taking over uh, for a long-term coach who has done some great things, but I got a feeling he is a former defensive coordinator, now the head coach. I got a feeling he's going to do some really big things over there with the Warriors this year. I was a part of watching one of their games last year, saw a lot of positive on the defense. Matter of fact, Will Pickering, a former secondary guy from him, has been texting me here right before the show, so it looks like He's listening in, so that's a big deal to have a former player listening. And then at 7, excuse me, at 8 o'clock, we'll head to North Charleston, over to North Charleston High School with the Cougars' very own head football coach, Coach Devin Smalls. Now, he plays uh, up there around the Charleston area, if you will. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. But he also did play in the college level over at Newberry uh, of course, uh, Baptist Hill was his high school, Newberry was his college, and his home as of now, and they get a brand new stadium to play in this year as well, is uh, the North Charleston Cougars will be re- representing big time in 2020 with their head football coach, Devin Smalls. And then at 830, we're going to check in with the guys from the South Carolina uh, Softball Association, Youth Softball Association, diabetic, Diabetes uh the head guy over there, their coach, is going to be checking in with us on some stuff over there. He's got his annual big-time function coming up in October that we're going to be a part as well. So a lot to go on, and that actually just was actually brought up to me moments before going on the air. So, of course, now without due, I bring in Eugene. Uh, Eugene, man, we've had a very busy weekend. Of course, spent Saturday all day up there in Charlotte at the Carolina Experience Prep Football Showcase. You and, of course, Miss V from the South Carolina High School Blitz. You did a great job running the airwave here on Southern Sports Central. I had the opportunity to do the TV stuff for those guys, so you know, double dipping, but uh, able to really reach out in a lot of different ways on Saturday, buddy. There we Every go, Eugene. Can, I think we got key in.
3: Sorry about that, buddy. Um, so you know, I just want, like I said, I apologize to everybody who's listening to me. I was like, man, you know, what is this guy doing? You know, part of the camp is that uh, one of the things between the first carolina exposure camp and this one was that you know this one was very tight and and they said that you know they did the best job they could and we thought we gave them an a-plus effort on the first camp and how they ran it you know especially with you know all the concerns with health and safety this one had to have been an a-plus plus so whereas last time you know we could pull players there was more players uh there last time you know um I would say that the, the quantity was higher last time. The quality was more concentrated this time. Uh, you know, you, we didn't have quite have that opportunity to kind of pull guys out of drills. You know, they were just work, work, work for the whole time they were there. But um, it was a great experience. It was a great showcase. I got to sit there, uh, uh, you know, beside the field with a, a superstar wide receiver. He participated in the first camp. He came to watch some of his teammates in this camp. Uh, he's the guy that has offers from South Carolina and North Carolina and all over you know and he's a great young man so I just kind of enjoyed some time meeting with him obviously talking to some of the South Carolina and North Carolina guys I uh, know oh, by the way you know those guys that came in from St. Louis that you had an opportunity to hang out with on Sunday um, so it was a great opportunity uh, the radio was fun it was kind of fun watching you on TV uh, you know we we knew coming in that they were going to possibly be some television opportunity or, or some time like that. So, you know, we had to uh uh adjust on the fly. We had to call an audible. Um, you know, you were doing such a great job on television, those guys just said, you know, hey, let's just keep rolling with it. You know, when when the best guys come off the position group, send them to Richie. So, um
1: <laughs> kudos
3: to you, brother. If you didn't do such a great job they wouldn't you know after after the first set of guys were on there, they probably would have found someone else. You know, I always joke with you that you have the face for radio, but uh, whatever it is, you know, going on, man, you got it going on, and uh, you did a great job. Miss B, you know, every time she was on the radio with me, I just felt that comfort zone. Like, I felt okay. When Miss B was doing her thing with, and interviewing players for uh, and, and kind of, you know, taking some pictures and things like that, I'm, you know, it, it's kind of on that. I felt like I was on uh, – that Island out there for a little bit. So, uh, you know, shout out to me as well. Like I said, when she's on, I felt that, I felt that comfort zone. Like I was just having a conversation, you know, we were talking to players and coaches and each other and it was cool. Um, you know, it was a long day. We got back late on uh, Saturday night. And Oh, by the way, I had a, uh, you know, a special guy coming down, Dan Orner. If anybody's listening, they, 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 you know, have a specialist or a coach specialist. Uh, they probably heard about this guy. Dan orders out of uh Charlotte area. You know, he, he played he started out college ball at Michigan State, transferred to the University of North Carolina where he graduated, uh, played with the Minnesota Vikings for a bit. He's been training um, you know, kickers for about fifteen years now. He's got about I think fifteen to twenty guys in the NFL that he works with. He has fifty five guys uh on college rosters right now for twenty twenty, uh fall twenty twenty. Um so he's a, he's a very cool guy. You know, he's an awesome instructor. We were fortunate enough to bring him down to Charleston and a good workout at the Citadel. Um, we had to move some things around. It was supposed to be 9 o'clock that morning, but it ended up being that afternoon. It was very cool because then, you know, after you uh, did your thing and had lunch with those guys from St. Louis to join us over at the Citadel practice field on that wonderful turf and uh, see what Dan does with his specialists. We had kids from um, – uh, Lucy Beckham, Oceanside, uh, North Augusta, and James Allen out there doing the thing. So, you know, all those kids got some, you know, top-notch uh, training that day. You know, it was a busy weekend, like you said. You know, that thing ended at, what, uh, I want to say about 7.30 or so. So, yeah, you know, here we are, you know. Uh, we didn't do the Sunday show just because we were out there, and we had done the Saturday thing. So, here we are Tuesday back on the radio. We got our good friend Reggie coming in, like you said. We got two great high school coaches coming in, so um, you know it's it's still it's a pleasure and it's it's a blessing to do this. But uh, what an action-packed weekend! And you know, by the way, you know all the teams now that I know of um, are practicing. You know, we got teams practicing football. We have, I think, Friday will be the the clock, the four-week clock before the uh, 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 first games in the state of South Carolina that's on the schedule. We have uh, Skeiza team starting, so. You know, hopefully uh we can have Coach Porters on and he can give us an update with uh what First Baptist is doing. So, you know, they have a bunch of good players over there and they've been practicing. So it, you know, it it's gonna be a good week, man. Looking forward to it, looking forward to this show. Um and looking forward especially in about twenty minutes when our good buddy Reggie joins us.
2: Yeah, there's a lot to cover, as you heard there. Eugene and I have stayed busy. I mean, and it starts early, like Thursday and Wednesday, as we start to prep the bags, as we know that we're going to head out of town. And, and this is, by the way, this weekend, you know, there's another opportunity. If you're a defensive back, get in touch with us. Actually, uh, one of the great ones from the of course uh, training crew that's up there on Saturday, uh, Coach Chachi Sullivan will be in-house or here locally. Uh, he'll be doing a camp, uh, I believe, Uh, On Saturday, we'll get that information out to you. So, if you're a big-time defensive back or you want to be a defensive back big-time, want to get some extra work in, he's one of the best at the biz. He coaches during, of course, uh, his time over at Huff High School. That's in North Carolina. And trust and believe me, you've heard the numbers. If you've listened to this show on the regular, you've heard the numbers. Very impressive. Very impressive, not only in his position, but every position around the ball at Huff High School. These guys have, like, 26 dudes with – Mega offers. I mean, I'm not talking, you know, some of the other smaller schools. I'm talking big schools doing big things with these dudes. So, uh, you know, he'll be here. Uh, part of what we do is uh, try to help as much as we can, you know, bringing in the best talent around. And, and, and of course, using this as a platform to let you know, hey, this is what's happening. If you want in, let us know and we'll get you connected. So, uh, of course, um, that's part of the EP training, guys. Of course, Ramon Robinson one of those guys who's the quarterback guru, the wide receiver guru, of course, would be Coach McGowan. He is another mega player there. But to have in here Coach Chachi Sullivan coming in on Saturday is a big deal. I'll actually be there on Saturday uh, to kind of see what's going on. We'll do some Facebook Live over there. Speaking of Facebook Live, you can find us over there on that social media platform at Southern Sports Central. You can also find us on Twitter throughout today's show, it will be active throughout the three hours from each interview, from their quotes, from the conversation. Eugene will do an incredible job over there in the world of Twitter at SO Sports Central. Again, that's us over there tweeting away throughout the next three hours. If you want to call in throughout tonight's show, we have a guest on. You want to join us and ask a question? We'll give you that opportunity. We do ask that you be respectful and think about the question first and then ask the question third. So, that being said, you can reach out to us at 1. 1- Three two three one. Again, the number to call in live for the next three hours is 2, 3, 7, 8, 4, 9, 6, 8, one 323 784 And as Eugene mentioned, at 6:30, it's all Reginald Walker Jr. for his segment. Sponsored by our friends over at the Tent Farm. He'll be throwing some shade to us right here at 6:30. Played for Joe Pod, does multiple media things in the Charlotte area, but he is an all-in kind of guy at 6:30 right here on Southern Sports Central. Then at 7:30, and I just got confirmation that Coach Rocco is going to join us. Of course, uh, he is the head football coach over there at Wando High School in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. And then at 8 o'clock, Coach Devin Small is the head football coach at North Charleston High School. He'll be joining us to talk about the Cougars. And then we added it right at the end, right before we got on the air, uh, Coach Matthew Scott, who is the founder of the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association, will be joining us to talk about that big softball game coming up October 3rd. That's a Saturday. Over in Kershaw, South Carolina This is the 7th annual Now the first annual We talked about that right here on Southern Sports Central, Eugene So that's the cool part Is watching this young man When he was in high school Diagnosed with diabetes And he wanted to become You know, uh, an advocate, opportunist And all of that to some And he said, well, instead of, you know Not doing anything, let me do something And he created this huge fund That has had a ton A ton of positive feedback And a ton of contributions from many current athletes that are dealing with the same situation on diabetes, Elliot Fry comes to mind, and many more who have all been hit with this, but yet have played through this because there is a way to get through it. And I think that's a big thing as well. Now that being said, when you start to kind of put everything in order, we go back to what we talked about on Saturday. And that again, you know, Eugene, I had a chance, and, and I keep seeing these videos come up to these young men when I was interviewing them. They've gone through that live feed and have found that interview and they're making edit videos with it. I mean, it's pretty neat to have me in the background talking and it's a a humbling experience. But everybody asks, why do I get to do or why do I do what I do? That's why. When these kids reach out to me and have these conversations with me, it's amazing. Well, that happened earlier today. I'm on my way to a job this morning. It's 7.15, my phone rings. One of the former young men who has been on this show, who is from the North Carolina area, reaches out to me. and I think to myself, okay, well, I don't recognize this number, so I better take this phone call. So I did. I reached out, and I, friends, I said hello, and we started having this conversation. All of a sudden, if you remember the young man all the way in Kernersville, North Carolina that came on here, Brock Morgan, who joined us after coming to the same camp three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and was part of the movement between him and a fellow student, and these guys are high school kids, that removed a name on a school building. That was a big deal. It has now been done. He called me to let me know that, well, that was a done deal. He's also now been able to have something else done. And when these kids reach out to me, and they could have called anybody at 715 this morning, he calls me. He says, Coach Rich, listen, I just had to tell you that I appreciate you motivating me and, 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 and all this, that. On the radio and doing all that you guys are doing We appreciate it But I want to let you know that that same mural that you see In Charlotte, North Carolina In the main strip Where it has the Black Lives Matters logo I just got it approved Between me and my fellow classmates And a friend of mine And they're going to do it right here in Kernersville If you can hear the excitement in this young man's voice That to me, Eugene And, I'm, and I don't know if I shared that with you earlier Because I wanted to get a raw a, a, you know, response from you but that's a big deal. Not only that this kid called me at 715 to let me know this was going on, and he wanted to kind of, you know, maybe brag a bit. He should brag. But to hear that this young man is being a positive, you know, individual inside his own community I thought was huge.
3: Yeah, and, and I'll paint the picture of how this all set up. So he was at that camp, and we were having our Sunday show, you know, the next night, and we had the, that, that five-star running back um, Who's headed to Clemson? And he was on the show, and you were interviewing him. And I look down at our, our social media accounts and my cell phone. You know, I'm getting text, 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 and you know, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, who is texting me from this number, um, you know, repeatedly? So then I look at the call in logs. I see this number from North Carolina, so I text him back and say, Hey, bud, you know, you know, uh, who's this? Uh, you know, we have a a, a guest on right now. Uh, give me your name and information. If you want to sit tight, we'll have you on. And everything was, yes, sir, you know, this is my name. This is where I play high school. I was at the camp. I saw you guys. Didn't have a chance to interview with you on the field. You know, I'd like to speak about some things going on in my high school team and this, that, and the other. And, you know, here's the guy that has this huge GPA. You know, he's thinking about, you know, going into government. You know, after that phone call, we were like, you know, this kid's going to be president one day. You know, we're all going to be taking orders from him. Um, And when he came on, and he was just such a ray of sunshine. You know, and, and some people can, um, you know, like the mural you were talking about with Black Lives Matter, being all, you know, a negative or a positive or this or that. Here's a young man who smiles. And his isn't a political thing. His is about love, kindness, understanding, sticking up for his brothers on the football field, repping his city to town, being a positive guy. He started multiple organizations there he started you know a charity he started uh he's had you know a name of a school change because you know the name in north carolina uh from what he explained to us you know had, had some very um a history of either racist or negative connotations on it and, and there were people that just was like you know we can do a little bit better so he took it on his own at 17 years old to contact uh people uh, you know government officials elected officials you know, going around, knocking on doors, explaining things, getting signatures, starting a web page, starting social media accounts, and, and none of this was negative. He didn't, you know, you know, this is a kid that doesn't say, you know, profane language, this, that, the other. He killed, he, he, he and I hate to use the word kills people, um, he gets you with kindness, with that smile, with his, you know, he's an intelligent guy with a huge heart, who, you know, we always say. Like Saban says, you go to school. You go to school. No, oh, by the way, while you're here, you play football. That's him. But then you know, yeah. At the end, you know, a little athlete came out, and I love that. You know, and he he put it out there on Twitter. He challenged his rival. And he said, you know what? That's okay. We got those guys on the schedule because we didn't win last year. Uh, and and then, <laughs> jokingly, because of all his government contacts, you know, we put that out on Twitter that you know uh, and, and tagged the rival and whatnot. And he went on Twitter because of his in government and started tagging, like, the mayor of the rival town, you know, in the, in the town council of the rival town and the government. And everything was so respectful about him. He's a competitor. He's got a huge heart. He's got a huge spirit. I was actually talking to someone last week, and um, and, and Jennifer looks, you know, she looks at me and she said, hey, uh, actually it was a Saturday night when we were coming back from the camp. And she said, hey, was the super young man from North Carolina there? It's like no, he wasn't there. Um, you know, he he didn't make this camp. And she was like, "Oh my gosh, I
2: love that interview.
3: He was such a great young man."
2: And I'm just, I was you like, you know, the you know wild. the cool part about that, Eugene. Here, here's here's the cool part about that. Unannounced, unrequested, because he's listening live, just like this. Here's what social media does. This is what radio does. It gives us an opportunity to dial it up, bring it in, and without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I bring you. Mr. Brock Morgan himself. What's up, Brock? Is that you online, buddy?
4: Yes, sir. How's it going?
2: Look at there, boy. We spoke you up and you're in town and hanging out with us, man. Have you enjoyed the uh, the interview without the interview, man? I mean, we're speaking the truth here, but uh, live with us right now coming from North Carolina, the one and only Mr. Brock Morgan. He is changing ways in the right ways and doing it in everyday, of course, up there. He's already changed a, heist, a, a name on an elementary school. He's In the works right now, getting a mural painted in his hometown on his main street there. Uh, Brock, when you called me this morning, buddy, first of all, that meant more to me than, than anything I do, right? The reason I do what I do is because a 715 phone call from a young man in North Carolina calling me to let me know he's about to make another big change in life and doing it the right way. Man, I'm so proud of you, and it's an honor to have you back in here with me tonight, buddy. What's up?
4: Yes, sir. Um, thank you for all the kind words and everything. You know, I just tuned in and I uh, happened to hear my name, so uh that was a nice surprise. And um thank you for accepting that call this morning, it really meant a lot. And thank you for supporting the petition and everything. And also, um, I'm pleased to let you guys know that we're almost at five hundred signatures and it was released around this time yesterday. So about in twenty four hours we've gotten close to five hundred signatures. And also I was in class this morning. And I get a call from an unknown 704 number. So I pick it up and I say, hello, who's this? And he says, hello, this is Daryl Hennett. How are you doing? And that's the mayor of Kannapolis. And we had a good little five-minute <laughs> conversation. And he let me know that uh, he's trying to schedule a meeting with me and another young lady in the area who I was unaware of before he told me how she is trying to also get a mural there as well. She hadn't started a petition or anything, but she, ha- but she hadn't mentioned it to him. So it was obviously on his mind. So he called me and let me know that um, him, me, and the other young lady, uh, we're scheduled to have a meeting uh, in early September. He hasn't planned an exact date yet, but we definitely are on the agenda. And look at
2: that. Just like that, ladies and gentlemen, I got one of those rare unknown phone calls 704 number at 715, and little did I know it was the man who's making big moves, not on the football field, but in his own community. That's the one and only Mr. Brock Morgan joining us live right here, on of course the tent farm hotlines, Brock. Man, you've earned it, man. And and that to me speaks volumes of you, brother. If nothing else, if God has shown you nothing else, young man, it is that your purpose is a lot greater than keeping somebody out of an end zone or getting in the end zone yourself, right? I mean, haven't you? You had to see that light cut on when 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 the governor, excuse me, when the mayor of your town calls you for the first time. How did you get your number, number one? Well, you and I probably know, but. That in the case that he reached out to you to talk to you and say, "Hey, look, let's let's make this happen." That's huge.
4: Yes, sir, absolutely. And um, with the whole mention of keeping people out of the end zone, uh, in my, in a perfect world, I'd like to be both. But uh, like you said, it truly <laughs> is God showing the way and Him shining upon us. So I uh, thank Him for that purpose, and uh, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for Him. So I'm always thankful for that. We'll always be thankful uh, for that, and just. Uh, really proud of my community and proud of my town for um, taking up taking a, being being audacious dash, enough, excuse me, to take on something uh, to this magnitude. So yeah, I'm really excited about that.
2: Well, brother, I got to tell you what, man, you're already getting Man of the Year here from Southern Sports Central, brother. That is a huge thing. And again, you know, we we don't we we, we get so excited when we get to talk to you guys about what you do on the field, but. When, when you continue to do what you're going to do, I can't wait to see what God does with you. I know in great football terminology you're going to do some amazing things, no doubt about that. But what you were doing for your community, for, for your – I would even go as far as saying your classmates, right? It, it, is, an, it is incredible. It is uh, magnificent. And uh, I just appreciate you checking in with us here. Uh, we're going to share, by the way, this petition that he's talking about. Eugene's putting it all together right now to put it out there on Southern Sports Central at So Sports Central here shortly. It'll be on our Facebook page at Southern Sports Central. Guys, jump on board. Get on this movement. Get on this train into the right direction because, look, at the end of the day, guys, look, we live here. We love here. We do what we do here together on Southern Sports Central, brother, and I appreciate you. What's been new with you before I cut you loose, man? But uh, didn't see you this past weekend, but that's okay. I'm sure you're still working hard and getting things after, but, what what's uh, what's the big man been up to is i know you guys are going to be playing in the uh in the february month
4: um yes sir um over this past summer we did have a short stint of off season workouts but then we did get shut down again um during that stint we uh the canaple wonders were working out at that time but some of our rivals you know cox mill and other people in the Charlotte area were not um, and we were shut down after about a good two week period. Uh, during that whole entire experience, we were socially distant, and if you weren't running, conditioning, or lifting weights at the time, you did have to wear a mask on. So we have been doing good with that, and as far as fo- uh, following safety protocols and things like that. So, like you said, we are scheduled to come back in February, and you know some people really aren't happy about that. But I'm just happy that we're um, that we're supposed to be playing at all because you know some people got canceled without. Uh, you know, reinsurance of having a season at all. And there is still the door open for playoffs. So I'm really excited about that. And uh, absolutely, I'm excited for the possibility of a snow game. So um, all in all, really, it's something new, something that we've got to adapt to. So that's really all it is.
2: I tell you what, brother, on behalf of myself, Eugene, and our families, to everyone Within our ear reach of hearing us here today, we say thank you so much for being that light in your community, being that light here on Southern Sports Central. And coming in here, you're, is it 17 years old? Is that right?
4: No, sir, I'm 16. Turn 16, 16 and even better.
2: Live. And the story gets better. He's a 16-year-old young man doing some adult things in such a young age. And, and I applaud those who are in your life who have taught you how to handle things and do things the right way because if you do it the right way, it's going to come out trust me at the end on your side and I just want to know is there anything else going forward that we can do for you I want you to know that you just continue to do what you did this morning as you see we're going to promote it we're going to help you we're of course uh, we'll get your back but we'll stand side by side to get it done buddy
4: thank you so much I appreciate you uh, the support of the community and everybody else who's in the earshot and if you don't mind uh, while I'm while I have the opportunity I think it's far past time that we arrest the killers of Breonna Taylor Hey, there you go, man.
2: I got you, brother. I'm right there with you, my friend. God bless you. Let's reach out again off the air, and uh, we'll appreciate you from here. Until this thing is finally set and done, buddy, let's stay in touch, my friend.
4: Yes, sir. Thank you so much.
2: Always a pleasure. Ladies, look at that, uh, Eugene. That is incredible. We do have to go to break there because we're up against the clock, man. But, man, this young man, you, you hear his passion in his voice. You hear the direction that he speaks. You hear the humbleness. And, and, and just his, his way of how he's communicating and, and even all the way to the final statement there, Very true statement by the way But uh, we'll, we'll get into some of that conversation I'm sure throughout today and going forward with a few things And of course you know again Guys look here's the deal And I'm going to talk to the men in the room real quick Ladies excuse me for a minute I don't care what color you are I don't care where you come from Fellas listen to me It doesn't matter to me where you come from It doesn't matter to me as the Rock says It doesn't matter any of that doesn't matter. If you're a man, I'm a man, then we need to act like men in this community, in this, in, in, in this state and in, in this region, in this country. And we got to figure this thing out. All right. We got to figure this out. We need to sit down. We need to go around. We need to do whatever needs to be done. We got to figure this thing out. You know, I did, like Eugene said, I had lunch with the, uh, with a father from, uh, East. That's important. East St. Louis, Missouri, excuse me, Illinois. It's just, North of, of course, uh, St. Louis, Missouri there. But long story short is that he and I were having that conversation. Guys, we're in a very touchy time right now, and you and I know what I'm talking about with what happened with the young man uh, in Wisconsin and and other things. We got to figure this out. We got to figure this out, all right? And and that's what I'm going to say, and I'm going to leave it right there. I don't run from conversation. I believe in justice. I believe in loyalty. I believe in doing the right thing. I don't care if you have a badge or you don't have a badge. I care that you are a good person doing good things. And we've been very loyal to giving people the opportunity here on Southern Sports Central to speak. And we're going to continue to be that platform because it's not just sports, guys. We are families. We are fathers. We are brothers. You know, some of the ladies are mothers and sisters. You know, maybe your grandmothers out there. I don't know. But I do know this. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, we are all family. and We got to start acting like it. I'll leave you with that. When we come back, we'll get in here with Reginald Walker Jr. It's going to be a great show today, guys. I can't wait. But we are going to be positive. We're going to win today. We'll get better today than we were yesterday, but guess what? Here's the cool part. Tomorrow, we're going to be even better than we were today, guys. Don't go anywhere. Coming up next, we go to Charlotte, North Carolina. We're still in the state of North Carolina with Reginald Walker Jr., Another shout-out to the young man, Brock Morgan. Brock Morgan, of course, uh, is a 16-year-old high school student in the state of North Carolina. Met through one of the camps that we did. He joined us on the air that day on a Tuesday right after the camp. And here he jumps in here again with us today. Why is that? Because he has, a, he has confirmed that they have changed the elementary name on the building that had some type of a negative effect, of course, in the community, be it whatever, that was done by a 16-year-old child, a young man, if you will. Then, now, with enough lo- enough signatures on a petition right there in North Carolina, he's going to get that same mural, that same mural that you see in Charlotte, North Carolina, foot right there in his hometown. And, again, a young man doing big things. And if that song right there by Darius Rucker and Hootie and the Blowfish talking about Hold My Hand, I almost cut it short. But then the one and only Reginald Walker, Jr. said, I love that song, great song, I said, Reggie. Let's keep it moving. And that is our slogan is, hey, look, we're going to get this thing together. And Southern Sports Central will be the bridge that connects every community from the East Coast to the West Coast. And just like that, let me bring in Reggie. Of course, Reginald Walker, Jr., to you. Of course, played for Joe Pod, does a lot of things in the world of media in Charlotte. But he's a big-time contributor right here on Tuesday nights. What's up, Reggie?
5: What's up, fellas? Uh, What a a – what a way to, hey, I, listen, I'm big on the walk-up music, if you will. That, I that's love it. that track. I really do really enjoy that song. Um, those guys did a great, I, I love music, so I'm always fired up to hear uh, good songs and, and, and how they came up with the production and the beats and all of the stuff. It, it's really interesting to me, and and that's another one of those really, really good ones.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, yeah, they, it's funny because we're in Charleston. They, he is from Charleston, right? I mean, you know, there's a lot of similarities. We're, Eugene and I are both Gamecocks, former Gamecocks. He is a former Gamecock. Like, that's where the band created, right there in Columbia, right there uh, around the walls of Way of Bright Stadium. So there have been some great things that have come out of Columbia, whether uh, the Clemson fans want to uh, uh, say it or not. But I bet you, red I bet you they sing that song when it comes on. Little do they know, that was uh, most of a lot of those songs were uh, written right there on the campus of the University of South Carolina.
5: That's right. And and uh Darius I, I I'm not sure if he still does it consistently. Obviously, this year would have been a lot different. Um but he used to do an event Monday after the Masters. I believe down at Myrtle Beach. Mm-hmm. Um right. so that's always another good one where he's, you know, doing some different things community-wise as well. So, uh just another one of those uh artists that's uh you know, he figured out, you know, the
2: path he wanted to take and and he
5: hasn't forgotten the communities around him to give back to him.
2: Yeah, and I'm with you. I agree 110%. I think that, you know, you you look at guys like him, and not only did he get even more into other communities, man, he did country music for a while. I mean, this is a guy that's talking about being transparent, being able to get anywhere and fit in anywhere. This guy doesn't dare. Of course, you know, he lives right over there. uh, You know, I'm sure he's still staying over there off Sullivan's Island, uh, right off of Mount Pleasant. Of course, that's where he was at one point. But you see him in the street, the guy stops and, you know, he talks to you like you're just anybody else, man. I mean, he's a very humble guy because he never forgot, what's that, where he came from, right? We tell our That's athlete right. friends that all the time, right? That's right. And and
5: and and the one thing I always say to any athlete is don't forget where you came from, but you can re- be reminded where you don't want to go back to.
2: <laughs> yeah. Because the same people on the way up, uh usually you see them on the way back (laughs) down. That's generally the case. That's exactly right. (laughs) Talking about going up and down and all around, we don't even have to leave your state, by the way. When you look at North Carolina, they sent all their kids home. That was, uh, what, last week's conversation. This week, NC State, they're on the map, but not in a good way. Raleigh, of course, has made some headlines, and it's not the good kind of headlines. Uh, What do we know there about Raleigh, and how much of an effect do you think this starts to have on the ACC when now they've had – Two, actually, if you count Notre Dame, three of their schools, you know, already having a lot of questions on this COVID nineteen thing.
5: Yeah, I, I, listen, I think what's happening right now is you're seeing a lot of eyes get opened um, to how this thing is going to play out. And, and, and Richie, let me let me say it like this: you know, it goes back to what you and I and Eugene talked about probably three months ago. Is there was no way you could put 100 guys in a locker room and not put 40 on a floor in a dorm. And right now what we're seeing is 40 on a floor in a dorm is not working out too well for a lot of places. Now, on the flip side of that, there are a lot of places that we haven't seen or at least heard uh, numbers-wise, cases-wise, that it's been an issue. So what that tells me is, Clearly, uh, different people, different schools have different protocols, um, and they're able to create different bubbles, uh, if you will, or protect their teams better than others. Right now, uh, one of the cases we saw as well here in North Carolina was up at App State uh, where they had some clusters which included football players uh, as well. Uh, So right there, you see three of the schools in the state of North Carolina dealing with this. I know UNC Charlotte, uh, if memory serves, Their students are not back on campus yet. They start a little bit later. So they've only got those football players for the most part and international students on that campus. So, again, the thing that we've always talked about is it's one thing to get your athletes in a space when they're back on campus when no one else is there. The question is what happens when you're asking 18- to 22-year-olds, right, particularly let's talk about football players right now, with a whole lot of testosterone, with a whole lot of hormones, the 18- to 22-year-old young ladies and young women. Most of the time, they are not going to sit in their room and ignore what's going on around them. If you have a team or group that you can do that with, I applaud you as a coach. I applaud those players. And shout out to the parents for helping instill that kind of discipline because the reality of the situation is 18- to 22-year-old kids, Now I'm going to lump in everybody on campus. They're just not going to completely stay away from each other. And you just have to hope that everybody or a bunch of them do not have COVID and pass it along, right? Because that's where the problems are created. Uh, Look at the University of Alabama, their mayor, uh, the mayor of Tuscaloosa has come out and basically said within the city of Tuscaloosa, he shut bars down beginning at 5 PM earlier this week to basically Force everybody to stay home To get the case numbers back Down because they had spiked a little bit So that they could try to salvage And save the season Listen you may not love the gesture But it, what it looked like to me was He's saying I'm going to do everything I can for us to Have a football season Fans or not I can't let The season get shut down
2: And for that I say Kudos to that individual for not overreacting not underreacting but i think hitting what would be in in baseball terminology pretty close to a home run the guy that did not hit a home run we go to your conference that you played in when you were up there at penn state with the nittany lions and joe pa is the big 10 man is it coming out and it ain't good it sounds like that guy made a decision the commissioner there without going through what's called protocol and that's a big deal right i mean we go through protocols in postseason and preseason and the, the, the before you go to the game and after the game. There's always a protocol in athletics. Why isn't the guy that runs the athletic department not going through the proper channels making the proper decisions? And as you see now, it looks like it's gonna get pretty messy.
5: Richie, one of the things I've always told myself as a person is when you get out of line, you need to accept that. So let me backtrack real quick and say I think I might have been out of line Because remember When this whole decision was made I talked a lot about The council of presidents and chancellors And the vote And the fact that that is the process and procedure So we can't blame it on Kevin Warren It appears That there is a strong chance That I may have been incorrect And what I mean by that is Based on what we're starting to hear Some different reports out there Is that he may have acted unilaterally And sort of backed the rest of them into a corner in terms of the council of presidents and chancellors. If that happened, first of all, I want to take the blame for chastising and defending Kevin Warren when he shouldn't have been again, if that's what happened. Now on the flip side of this, as you probably saw my tweet, there was one president or chancellor, I believe it was university of Nebraska's chancellor. Um, He runs Nebraska I'm not sure if they use chancellor or president He came out and said there was a vote Now The Penn State Athletic director Not the chancellor The athletic director Sandy Barber Came out and said She was told That there was no vote So I got a couple of questions Nebraska chancellor Please tell me what the voting Number was since there was a vote Right, and you were either in the room or on the Zoom, what was, the, was it 12 to 2? Was it 8 to 4? Just tell me what the number was. I don't need to know who was who, but if you tell me what the number was, then, you, then I can probably start to believe that a vote really happened. On the flip side, Sandy Barber, yes, this is my school, but Sandy, I got a question. Who told you there was no vote? I need to know, because there's a whole lot of people, at least 14, if you don't count Kevin Warren, Fifteen, if you count Kevin Warren, there's fifteen people that need to start saying what, whether or not there was a vote, and which side of the vote they came, they fell on, because the only thing we know is, according to the Nebraska Chancellor, there was a vote. Now, the only thing that I've seen that has not been refuted in any way is that when the initial discussion happened, the two schools that were against canceling the season verbally. Was Iowa and Nebraska Which means It could have been 12 to 2 But again We haven't seen a vote Now I've also uh, From my understanding uh, There were some reports out there as well That Ohio State uh, Was one of the schools that voted no Again I say to this To all those that went and protested At the Big Ten office and, And for Justin Fields Who had the petition Hey Justin if your chancellor voted no or your school president voted no, before you go to, Indiana, to Chicago to knock on doors in the Big Ten office, just walk across campus real quick and ask a couple of questions. Because I think, Richie, and this is where I get frustrated, right, is we often see a focus that is in the wrong direction, right? We talk about there's so much discussion and I'm going to digress and come back. There's so much discussion about how the NCAA is exploiting basketball players with the one-and-done rule. Uh, I'm not saying the NCAA is perfect, but last time I checked, the NBA is the one that says you can't come to our league until you're 19 or have been out of high school for at least one year. That ain't no NCAA rule. The NCAA is not forcing any basketball player to play college basketball. They're saying we have a model. It's here. They won't let you go there, but you can come here or you can go overseas or you can sit at home and you can do whatever you want. But we're not the ones telling you you can't go to the NBA. So I say all that to say everybody's yelling at the NCAA for that. That's not an NCAA rule. So, oh, by the way, if Ohio State voted no, Justin Fields, why are you going to Kevin Warren's office? Go to your school president's office, It's even a closer drive, than going all the way to Chicago.
2: We're live right now with Reginald Walker Jr. played for Joe Pa in that same conference that we're talking about right now in the Big Ten with Penn State. Of course, they are one of the headlines there about everything going on and how this decision of coming out not to play in the fall and playing in the spring. Now, that Great segue, uh, Reggie, as we now look at the college football playoff to be played as scheduled after a 2020 season with no plans for spring of 2021. You know, if you're in the Big Ten, if you're over there in the pack, you're wondering, oops, we might have just made an even bigger mistake because now these young guys aren't even going to be in the conversation. While Meanwhile, the ACC, the Big 12, the SEC, and the American Conference USA Sun Belt, all along with a few independents, could be in this conversation to be playing minus the other two out of the power five. Your thoughts on this coming out uh, yesterday, I believe.
5: Well, let me say two things. Um, number one, uh, the preseason rankings, uh, to echo the sentiments of my good buddy Marcus Spears and excuse my language, them polls don't mean a damn thing. Because you got a, a poll that has about, I believe I saw somebody else post if you take out all of the teams that have canceled their seasons or postponed their seasons, you have a top 16. So don't give me a top 25 unless you're going to give me 25 teams that are all actually going to play this year. So for that, the AP and all of y'all who create a poll, y'all are foolish. That, that, that poll don't mean nothing. All right. Now that being said, I think this is an interesting year um, because here, here's what I think my reality is right? When you look at the college football landscape, unless we see something weird, uh, I think Clemson is clearly a college football playoff contender. I think North Carolina is about as good, potentially is as good as you're going to get for a team that is going to be outside of the college football playoff, period. I think Notre Dame is right behind them. You go to the SEC, obviously you can look at Alabama. Uh, LSU has to replace a quarterback, so they have some questions obviously, um, Uh, There as well You look at Georgia They're definitely a college football playoff contender So when I start doing all the math anyway Out of the Big Ten Maybe Penn State, maybe Ohio State Were uh, college football playoff contenders Uh, We've seen Michigan not be able to step up to the plate consistently So I don't count them in that mix either And then uh, you look at the Pac-12 I'm not even going to discuss anybody outside of Oregon right now um, From that league being a college football playoff contender So I think the reality is It doesn't change much in terms of the college football playoff because Big Ten and Pac-12-wise, there was only going to be one from the Big Ten anyway. It was going to be the winner of Penn State and Ohio State. Uh, Chances are maybe Wisconsin sneaks in there from the west. Uh, And then on the flip side of that, we weren't really expecting anybody except for maybe Oregon out of the Pac-12 to compete for a college football playoff spot. So the reality to me is you're looking at probably Clemson, a couple of teams out of the SEC, And and maybe Oklahoma probably being the favorite in the Big 12 uh, with a chance to kind of to get into the college football playoff as well. So at the end of the day, I don't think the college football playoff realistically changes much. Uh, Is there more of an opening per se for uh, an undefeated Conference USA team or an undefeated American Athletic Conference team to get in there? Absolutely. But the chances they get in slim, none and slim just left with a pack of gum because they're not getting in the college football playoff. We need to accept that and move on from that. No doubt
2: about it, and it gets even better throughout the segment here as we're live in Charlotte, North Carolina, with the guy who really brings it every Tuesday at 630 for the Tent Farm Hotline and also the segment brought to you by our friends over at the Tent Farm, located at 7634 South Railroad in North Charleston. That's over there at tentfarm.com. You can find them On the phone at 843-297-4131, bringing all the shade that he can. The final thing that I'd like to kind of talk to you about, uh, again, is we talk a lot about the the actual inside stadium. Lane Kiffin came out, and again, we expect Lane to do the lane train type stuff, and he came out with a video to Ole Miss and said, look, we're excited, you're excited, but if you really want to be excited, stay socially distanced. You know, when he come into that, how much up there in Charlotte are they talking about the stadium capacities. I think South Carolina, the Gamecocks, went at 25. If I'm not mistaken, Clemson will probably go up to 25. They were 20% at one point. What type of numbers do you see? And let me ask you, when it comes down, do they have to count the cheerleaders and the band as well into that number, or is that not including the band and the cheerleaders and those who are basically the big participants throughout that event?
5: Well, right now it looks like no one's going to really have fans. Um, at this point uh, no, Most places have recently announced At least that they're going to start the season without them Now the difference is uh, Charlotte is going up to Appalachian State Later in the month uh, Later in September It could change by then um, I can tell you obviously again as you know I work in the news business So I'm tracking COVID cases And COVID trends up and down Those kinds of things For my regular day job And I did read Uh, that COVID cases in the state of North Carolina are somewhat on the decline. I think that's important because, again, to the point made by many, right, to postpone the season fully versus pushing it back to create more time was important. I think the time continuum being created is helping the possibility of getting the season in because, Case numbers appear, right, appear to be on the decline uh, to an extent. So I think it's going to be very, very interesting to watch over the next week and a half to two weeks to see if those numbers continue and see if we might get some changes in the state of North Carolina. Uh, One of the things that's being eyeballed in the state of North Carolina uh, that's different from South Carolina is uh, we're still in phase two, what they call of the reopening here, um, through Labor Day weekend. And I think uh, the governor is hoping that by then the case numbers decline enough because they were looking for a sort of a 14-day downward trend to further open up. I think if we see that uh, between now and Labor Day, uh, after Labor Day, I think they'll start to open it back up in North Carolina, and then it'll be interesting to see how things go for a couple of weeks heading into the start of football season, which for most places is going to be late September. If those numbers continue to stay steady, if they've declined, I think we'll start to see some announcements of fans being allowed in football stadiums. But right now in North Carolina, uh, everybody's hanging on and focused on not really having fans at least to start the season, but they're hoping to finish the season with fans in the stands.
2: As always, we uh, bring the heat with the one and only Reginald Walker Jr. coming out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And like you mentioned, he has his day job where he's in the news, doing the news, reporting the news, and basically everything around the news. He joins us here on Tuesday night at Southern Sports Central to talk some of that news along with some of the sports. Let me ask you this, and Eugene actually just sent this to me through uh, our communication here. And a great question, Eugene, is the fact that – Right now, with the schools having the issues they do, recruiting has been quite an interesting thing for a lot of these young guys. They're committing, I think, earlier than normal because they realize that that position may or may not be there, right? So they need to jump on the opportunity Why it's an opportunity. That being said, do they look for any kids possibly making recruiting visits on campus? I mean, these kids are having to basically zoom their way through a recruiting process, never putting a foot on the ground, actually knowing very little about the program other than what they see on a video. Any chance, Reggie, you think these kids are able to come out there and actually see these campuses that they're recruiting them in the fall and whether they play football or not?
5: I think it'll be late. And I think, first of all, that is a tremendous question, a tremendous question. And here's why I think so many schools, uh, particularly coaches, are trying to do everything they can to help Uh, bring the numbers down and and, and doing these different mask campaigns is because particularly football coaches, they need October, November for recruiting. Because remember, we have the early recruiting, the early signing period in December now. So what these coaches are going to want, and I think what's going to happen is if you start to see some places open back up late in the year, uh, some different states and different schools open back up late in the year, I think you might end up seeing some kids flip very late in the process because, you know, maybe the kid that, uh, that really loves Georgia, right, that, or at least thinks he does, all of a sudden, late in the year, he can take that trip to Tennessee or to, to, to South Carolina. Well, South Carolina is a little more open. But all of a sudden he can take that trip to Tennessee or he can take that trip to North Carolina, or he can take that trip to Notre Dame. And then all of a sudden he goes, this is where I want to be. I'm in love with this place. I'm not necessarily in love with, I don't know, Clemson or App State or, or, or Georgia Tech anymore. And he realizes that maybe he feels a little bit more comfortable at Notre Dame or more comfortable at North Carolina. And that may not happen until the visits happen in late October and into November. If some states can open back up, travel is a little more loose and people are less concerned about different people coming to their campuses.
2: Live right now, wrapping up the final question here and uh, going to save this one here for, uh, again, want to touch this conversation with you. Uh, and the final question here with you uh, as we're live with Reginald Walker Jr. coming at us from Charlotte, North Carolina. It was about four hours ago, I believe, that the uh, Detroit Lions, uh, the NFL season is getting ready to. Uh, get their things up and running, have been getting ready. We've seen a lot of film of a lot of the practices going on, but they canceled practice at Detroit because of the situation, uh, as you know, in the shooting of Jacob Blake. Uh, We've all seen that heinous uh, video there, uh, uh, and you're seeing uh, footage now of the Detroit Lions, and I think you're going to see other NFL programs and other major league teams really, you know, get their arms as much as they can around the, the situation, but you see they brought out the dry erase boards in front of the complex, and it says the world can't go on, and the other one says, well, maybe they flipped it around, and it says we won't be silent. Let me just get your thoughts. Uh, you know, Reggie, give you this platform, this opportunity to speak on the situation, and uh, I'll sit back and, and let you have the floor, buddy.
5: Yeah, let me let me let me let me address one thing first because I, I was, uh, and you know me, I love listening to folks talk about sports and different things. And and, and I was listening to a radio program today and they were talking about um, NBA ratings and and how that the NBA ratings are down. And and many people wonder how much of the downward trend of the ratings has to do with some of the more uh, quote social justice and, or right. If you want to lump them in political statements uh, being made uh, by athletes. And, and, and here's what I'll say about that. Um, I always tell people, you don't have to agree with most things, but what you can do is understand. And so to me, if an issue is important to you, I have to be able to understand that it is important to you, regardless of if I think um, it should or should not be. And so I say to anybody who thinks that uh, these athletes should not respond to whatever they respond to. Um, Is that if they're not allowed To respond to what they think is important to them Then you're not allowed to respond To what you think is important to you Um, And so at the end of the day I think What often happens um, And what concerns me most about society Right now is The concept of empathy is lost The concept of Understanding someone else's plight is lost Uh, The concept of Really listening to Someone With The intention to understand as opposed to the intention to respond is gone. And I think if we don't find those things, the unity that so many of us have talked about is not going to come to fruition. Um, And so I start with that. Um, Moving past that, listen, none of us all knows what happens there. I know a lot of people in law enforcement One of my closest friends Spent years and years in law enforcement I don't know what triggers anyone To pull the trigger In terms of a a, a police officer But I do know this You can stop a threat Without Multiple shots And or without killing said person And I think that's most people's issue When you hear That George Floyd Over the course of almost nine minutes Was struggling to breathe and died. That is an issue When you hear that Jacob Blake Took seven shots in the back That is an issue Because at the end of the day Even if Jacob Blake However, whatever kind of threat You thought he may have been Did he need seven To stop him from being a threat If you will I'm going to venture to guess the answer is no. George Floyd was being held down by essentially three officers and another one standing by. You mean to tell me in that nine-minute time frame somebody couldn't have put cuffs on him and got him under control? See, that, that's where I think a lot of people are frustrated, Richie, is it's, it's not what's happening. It's the excessive nature in which things are happening. And I'm sure that there are some people listening right now that don't want to hear that I'm saying this. But the only thing I'll ask them is, where is your empathy? Are you listening to me to understand? Or are you listening to me to respond? And finally, if I can't say what's important to me, then is what's important to you worth anybody else listening to? That's how I answer that question.
2: And I'm going to be honest with you, man, and and I caught you where I knew I would find you right here and and, and giving without even being prepared, being prepped, being conversated. This guy's asking him right on the cuff of what his thoughts were. And and being a black man in America, unless you are a black man in America, you have no idea what it's like, nor do they know what it's like to be a white man in America. But what you can do is try to understand, have some empathy. He made a great statement. If you don't care what I have to say, then why should I care what you have to say? Sometimes you even have to agree to disagree. It happens. But I think you nailed it there, brother. And because I've told a lot of guys throughout today, and I've had a lot of phone calls today about this situation, and you know, God just put it on my heart right now to give you the floor, give you the floor, brother. And I had a, a, a an entire show dedicated to to understanding the whole theme behind Black Lives Matter and how it is a campaign, but then a community to get those outside of the community to understand. Sure, you can find negatives, but you know what? There's negatives in my life that you can find. There's always a negative, and there's a positive. If you're a negative person, sure, you'll find the negative. But if you want to grow and you want to go and you want to get to the right side of the world and you want to get to the right spot when it's all said and done, then you need to always look for the positive. Instead of hating the rain, you know, appreciate the rain. That's why you enjoy the sun so much, and vice versa. Man, but I, I tell people I you this. Hit it if you head. don't
5: like the rain, if you don't like the rain, let it rain for a month straight, and then check your water bill. <laughs>
2: yeah, go to Seattle and talk to those people. <laughs> I mean, trust me. I mean, and vice That's versa. It. Go down to Southern California, where the song says. And I don't know if it's true or not, but it says it never rains in Southern California.
5: It ain't that. It ain't that. It ain't far off. I'll put it that way.
2: Man, I appreciate you. You know, I got much love for you. Whether you're in Charlotte, you're coming to Charleston. I keep trying to locate you when I come to town. So guess what? You got to come to me, brother, because you're moving too much. I can't keep a tab on you, and Charleston's waiting on you anyway. So come on down and let's go grab something to eat and uh, do some social distancing, conversation down here in Charleston. Absolutely, we got to
5: make that happen soon. I, I got people down that way too. Um, I know a couple of kids from Monk's Corner. I'll just I'll just leave it like that. Um, but I got to get down there anyway. I love Charleston, uh, as I told you before. I was I was actually down there uh, when Hurricane Hugo hit. I know that's not a great uh, time for a lot of people down there, but I was there when that happened. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a memory I'll never forget. Um, and it's, it's something about Charleston that, that I always uh, kind of remember and, 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 and just respect the resilience of all the people in that city and in that region uh, for how they've bounced back over the years.
2: Well, we appreciate the kind words. And again, uh, anything we can do for you here at Southern Sports Central, man, this is your home, this is your platform. We're very blessed to have you part of our team. You're not just a guest. You're a long-term family member now, and uh, we look forward to it, buddy. But uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for your time, and as always, I'll let you sign off.
5: Absolutely, guys. Stay safe down there. Uh, enjoy whatever football we get, and let's uh, let's continue to encourage these kids uh, to, to try to live out their dreams on the football field and off of it. And I leave you with, we are.
2: All right, guys, just like that, top of the hour. We're a little bit behind, but, hey, when you're running the shot, it doesn't matter. Running the show, the shot doesn't matter either. We'll be right back. This is Southern Sports Central coming to you live, Somerville, South Carolina style. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Hour one is done. Is Hour two is upon us now here at the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios in Somerville, South Carolina. This is Southern Sports Central. I'm Richie Alvin alongside Eugene Bitt. We do want to thank our family member up in Charlotte who hangs out with us every Tuesday evening at 6.30 to about 7 or so. That is the one and only Reginald Walker Jr. played for Joe Pa and the Nittany Lions up there at Penn State back in the day. Currently, he is a media a social media guru he's on the tvs he's on the radio he covers it for gardner webb he covers it for the unc charlotte 49ers you name it he does it of course now here part of our team at southern sport central coming up at seven thirty, an hour two here we've got another guest we're going to check in with coach rocco adrian he is the head football coach over at wando high school that's over in mount pleasant a 5a program here one of the uh well, they are the biggest high school in the state of South Carolina. So he'll check in with us at 730. So for the next, let's say, 24 minutes, if you want to reach out, call in, talk some sports to us, we'd love to hear from you. The number to reach out is 1-323-784-9681. Again, the number to call in is 1-323. If you were one of the players that was over there at the Carolina Experience Prep Football Showcase, we'd love to hear from you, your thoughts on how your weekend went. As well. Eugene, I bring you back. Very profound ending to that interview. Our conversation, our segment with Reginald, the way he uh, I thought hit a home run with how he handled uh, the question that that I asked him there towards the end. But again, I you you just you got to have nothing but love for a guy that comes from the heart like he always seems to do, whether it be one end or the other. Yeah, you know, he he's such a profound guy, you know,
3: and with his experience and what he does, you know, he he's kinda like the ears of the community there and Charlotte's such a huge community but you know, he he's a guy that's been there and done that. You know, he you know, whether it was uh in high school and growing up as a young man, you know, and college ball and as a professional, he's kind of you know, the guy's kind of seen a lot. He he's been part of there, you know, he's seen, you know, not only uh, you know, the the Pre professional days with professional guys, and he's around those guys. He's around guys in college who are, you know, that 18 to 22 year old guys who, you know, are going through some things and, and, and experiencing that next level. So, you know, what he brings to the table is just such a, a great experience in life, you know, and, and he's just not, you know, a guy that just comes out and talks sports. You know, he lived it. He lived it on a high level. You know, the Big Ten football is about as big as you, well, you know, playing for Penn State right up there with playing for Alabama or an LSU or a Florida or a Southern Cal or a Notre Dame, you know, and so uh, what he brings to the table. And, you know, what you saw from uh, from Reggie uh, tonight is, you know, you saw his heart. You saw where he is, you know, and, and he's a guy, like you said, you know, some of his best friends, you know, one of his best friends was in law enforcement. He understands that side of it as well. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, he, one of the most profound things he said was, you know, um, with the, ratings and things like that about the nba and people have problems with messages was you know if they can't express their opinion why should you be able to express yours you know and that's what it's about it's about you know everyone has feelings everyone has an emotional tie to one side of a situation or another or even those in the middle but it's still you know we're a free country you're entitled to your own opinion you're entitled to say what you want now what that is actually the premise behind uh, freedom of speech, is that you can say whatever you want without repercussions from the courts. Now, that doesn't mean you can say what you want and you have repercussions from your job, but you have repercussions from the courts and that, you know, you can say, you know, uh, the president's terrible, the king's terrible, and you don't get punished for that. And, and that's, the, that's kind of the message he was relaying was that, you know, you have a right to say what's on your heart. And you shouldn't be held accountable. You shouldn't be disrespected or looked down for expressing within your heart. And, you know, for for a big, tough guy to play on that, you know, defensive line kind of linebacker slash position, you know, you know, it's kind of, you know, you don't hear those guys like that open up too often, man. You got to see a different side of Reggie tonight.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I thought Reggie did a great job handling all the questions that come to him. he's always right there on time every Tuesday afternoon as he is, of course, uh, part of that temp Farm segment. Of course, the temp Farm uh, does a great job keeping the low country cool with a lot of shade from your business to your home and even to your car, truck, or automotive. You can find him over there at the tempfarm.com. But a great, great job there by Reggie. Not surprised that he was going to hit. A home run, or score that big touchdown, or hit a point shot from way downtown. He did it all right here for 30 minutes. Uh, yeah, you know, we talked a little bit uh, about what it looks like and Eugene. You and I can kind of talk about it as well. When you know, I asked him the question, and, and I thought he also answered it the way I've been answering it. Once that came out, that you know, the the playoffs were like, look, if they're not going to play, they're not going to play. They're just not here. You know, I can't dance with somebody who doesn't show up to the dance, and that's basically the way it is now. Ohio State. Oklahoma, those are the teams that are normally in the conversation. I'm not sure Oklahoma's going to be in it this year. Felt pretty good. Ohio State would be one of the four teams in the finale. But now that they're not, I mean, ugh, the Pac-12, who would it be? If maybe Oregon, maybe Southern Cal, but Southern is always a team that might be, could be, should be? I don't even know if that's a question or an answer. But I do know this, not a big loss for the Pac-12 because they haven't shown up to this dance since, well, the dance was invented. The Big Ten, well, they've only had, uh, you know, one team. I know Oklahoma, I mentioned them. They're in the Pac-12. They could be in it. Uh, But then again, you know, again, I I think it's going to be a very heavy SEC and and possibly, well, the ACC definitely will have Clemson in it. But is there a way for North Carolina to slide in, or would you see, you know, uh, somebody from the American Conference or maybe even the Sun Belt? I mean, this gives an opportunity for a couple of other teams and a couple of other schemes to get in here.
3: Yeah, and, and, you know, he, he made a good point with that. You know, with the three conferences, uh, the three power five conferences that are left in the game, you know, there, there's going to be contenders from the SEC. You know, um, Alabama seems to be always find their way in there. You know, a team like LSU came in last year and just dominated. Um, you know, there's an outside chance for a team like Florida or, or Georgia, you know, to come in. You know, Tennessee might shock some people. Um you know, Auburn, you never know what you're going to get. Either you're going to get a 12-0 or you're going to get an 8-4. and 4. You're not, not quite sure until they start playing those games. Um, Texas a and M's is pretty loaded. You know, we talked about them in our SEC preview. <clears throat> um, they have a chance to do some things. Looking at the ACC, you got Clemson. Now, this year, I, I know you and I are pretty high on the Tar Heels. We think they're getting – they're loaded. We think they're, you know, had the chance last year. I, I just re-watched the Clemson. UNC game, and I think those guys really had the chance to knock off Clemson, just came up a little bit short on the end, and I know Coach Mac Brown owned that and uh, really thinks that, you know, they're there or, or right there. You know, if they get a couple bounces their way, they can make a lot of noise for that playoff push, too. You know, looking at the Big 12, you kind of got Oklahoma. What is Texas going to do? You know, are they going to get better? It seems like, you know, that the, uh, Coach Herman gets them, you know, right there close, and then they kind of have a hiccup game. But uh, is this the year for Texas to kind of make some noise? You know, we know Lincoln rally develops quarterbacks. He's got a great quarterback coming back. Those guys usually at least make it to the playoff. Uh, and they were right there with Georgia uh, two years ago to kind of make that uh, that run. Uh, last year, you know, LSU is just LSU, man. They, they, I think they scored 50 points in the first half. Um, but, you know, and then, you know, the Pac-12, you got Oregon – and there's pretty much anybody else. But, you know, none of those teams have really made that national kind of uh, run in, in the past few years, that 12-0 and season. Uh, they seem to, I think last year, they kind of lost to Stanford and maybe someone else. You know, Southern Cal hadn't really been Southern Cal since Pete Carroll left. You know, and then, like you said, you, you had the Big Ten, but right now the Big Ten's not playing. Ohio State was loaded for bear this year uh, to come back. And uh, I know there's a player on the defense that you and I know his parents well. Uh, they're pretty upset and kind of disappointed he didn't get to play as a fifth-year senior. And uh, Mr. Jackson there on the defensive line, you know, the quarterback was a good chance to win the Heisman this year. Penn State brings back some good guys. You know, uh, Michigan, I, I think they've lost too much. I don't know that Harbaugh kind of rebuilt it. He, he had a good flash in the pan with some five-star recruits. Seems like those guys have kind of dropped off because, you know, they can't just seem to win that game against Ohio State. So, You know, I I think what we're looking at now with the three power fives, um, if they open it up, uh, I I know, you know, South Florida and uh, they're hoping to kind of be that central Florida uh, undefeated and have a trophy or a chance. You know, we'll see how it goes because this is a weird season. And, uh, you know, I want to joke with Reggie uh, about the whole, you know, my claim a couple months ago with this being an asterisk season. And he told me there was no way, you know, it shouldn't be called an asterisk season and I was kind of joking because I think that you know a lot of people are looking at it like you know, this really is because the NCAA came out today and said the, the, the championships are going to be played in the fall. There's not going to be uh, BCS or what we used to call the BCS, the playoff or whatever. It's not going to be in the spring. So it, either you're in the dance or you're not in the dance. And right now it looks like the three power fives, the Big 12, SEC and ACC, uh, and some outside schools are trying to get in that big dance in the fall.
2: Yeah, I mean, even if the season starts right now, the Buckeyes, of course, and uh, 50 other bowl subdivision teams would uh, no longer be eligible in the uh, conclusion of the top 25 because uh, they're postponing their season until the spring, like Eugene and myself and Yard Reggie and them talking. Again, you got to show up to the dance. They be asked to dance. you got to be there to uh, – you know You got to play the lottery to win the lottery, and they aren't even in the conversation. Now, the Big Ten, where Ohio State and Penn State both play – the Pac-12, home at number nine, Oregon, canceled their fall season in the sports uh, here in the sp- in the fall uh, because of the concern of what's going on with the coronavirus. The Mid-American and Mountain West conferences have also said uh, they will try to play in the spring as well. So very similar conferences there uh, for different reasons. You're seeing them move certain ways. Now, on the other side, it's the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, the American Athletic, the Conference USA, and the Sun Belt or for going ahead with the fall sports. Now, with changes, the three remaining Power Five, are the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12, have eliminated all or most non-conference games and delayed the start of the season from one to three weeks. Now, of course, a race from the college football schedule this year were host of, uh, well, I would say non-conference big-time matchups. you saw the Buckeyes going uh, at Oregon. You saw number 10 Notre Dame going against wisconsin that was a a game that would have been held at lambeau field it would have been a heck of a battle uh there in uh green bay wisconsin now number 14 texas and you and gene uh, you and i talked about this one was supposed to be at lsu not gonna happen number 17 southern california remember they were going to play alabama and arlington texas nope not today number 11 auburn versus number 18 north carolina that one would really let us know, is North Carolina legit? Do they have the pieces? Can not only Matt Brown dance in the locker room, could he dance in Atlanta after beating Auburn? Well, we'll never know now. So for now, the big conference games such as Ohio State and Michigan Washington Washington State could still be made up later in the spring. It won't have, Eugene, the same conversation as it would have in the fall. And again, I'm not complaining as a guy that does media nor am I complaining to a guy that loves college football. Because what does this mean, Eugene? We get football from September until possibly as late as April. That's a win-win for guys like you and me and other guys that love the game of college football, right?
3: Yeah, it is a win-win because we get that football, kind of that whole year-round type thing. Um, But, you know, it's going to be interesting because, you know, even guys in the media, you know, we might have to split up because someone may be talking about a game that's in the Pac-12 that – that uh saturday and one of us may be at a spring practice uh for for an sec or an acc team <laughs> you know there, there's recruiting visits for all the high school athletes that, that you and i are trying to help get to the next level that are trying to get to those spring practices and evaluations and things like that so you know it could just be an all, all hands on deck with several decks uh being deployed at once but um you know, but the thing is, is that when we look at the spring, you know, we're, we're excited that there may be football in the spring and some of these baseballs playing. Uh, the question that you and I were talked about many times is, you know, if you look at a, a team like Ohio State, the chances of Justin Fields throwing for you know fifty-five touchdowns in the spring is going to be probably less than ten percent. Uh, you know, one, some of those top athletes have expressed that because. Let's say they're, they're playing a game in March. What happens in April? NFL draft. You know, if that's even postponed to May, whatever it is. If a guy is playing football in March or April and gets that old, you know, high ankle sprain, that infamous high ankle sprain that t- kind of finds its way to linger out for about six weeks, they're not going to be able to perform at a combine. And if their season's still going, are they going to be released to go to a combine? Is that good for their team? Is that showing that, you know, are they being considered a me first? Would they be ripped in the media for being a me first guy from stepping away from their team to, oh, by the way, you know, try to pursue their dreams, their NFL dreams, to make millions of dollars and take care of their family, generational wealth being created, you know, and and I can foresee if a guy does that and says, you know, I can't play this week because I got to go work out at the combine or I got to go visit, you know, X and X, you know, NFL teams, you know, those guys are going to be ripped in the media for, you know, kind of ditching their teammates and everything they built on. But yet, you know, it's not their fault. You know, they had signed up and they had agreed to play in the fall. They trained to play in the fall so that they could have that time to work on their career, you know, when it's not uh, unacceptable to be a me first. Because everybody knows, I mean, you know, you're a South Carolina fan. uh, Jadavion Clowney. You knew his last game was that Michigan bowl game. You knew that. You knew he was going, not going to play another down after that because he's going to train for the, for the uh, NFL combine because it was your hope as a South Carolina fan that your guy was going to be the number one draft pick in the NFL because that's a heck of a thing for coaches to say. You know, when they're recruiting the next defensive end, oh, by the way, you know, the number one high school player came here. We developed that guy. And, oh, by the way, he became the first overall NFL draft pick. You know they use that uh, to to market to the high school kids coming out. It's a recruiting tool, and, and it is you know it's a notch in the coach's belt too because a lot we see a lot of five star guys that go to big time schools and, and never get seen again. So you know for a guy like a Justin Fields, you know that is their chance to be a me first. That's their first opportunity to be outside of the college choice that they choose coming out of high school. That's their next opportunity to be a me first guy. When it's really not a negative, their goal is to, their dream is to be an NFL player, you know, to play on Sundays, to make millions of dollars, to support their family, to develop that generational wealth, to, you know, uh, use the best of their God-given abilities, you know, to win some games, to support a town, you know, and a lot of these athletes take those millions of dollars and do great things with it. They give back to their hometown. You see what some of the guys, you know, former guys like an Alshon Jeffrey and those guys do for the state of South Carolina. They come back. They put on clinics. Uh, One of our favorite defensive backs played the University of South Carolina, you know, he's got his drive over there in Greenwood where, you know, he comes in in August and buys backpacks for thousands of kids. Well, he wouldn't be able to do that if he didn't have the money. I mean, so part of it is a me first. Now, really just, you know, if guys go to the spring, I just feel like we're going to get – a little bit of a watered-down product, and I know that has a negative connotation, but I don't fault those guys for in the spring saying, you know, this is my chance to go do it for my family, for my community, right. for my town, for everything I've ever right. trained for going back to when I was four, five, six years old, putting on the helmet when the helmet was the biggest thing on my body. You know what I'm saying? Like the, like the youth league guys. You know, Jay Williams, man, he's training up these kids now because they have those dreams. You know, it's a team first now, but spring of your junior year or after your junior season, you know, or some of those seniors, that's when they finally get to say, you know, here's my chance. Here's my resume, but I got to go do that interview. And that interview is NFL Combine, flying to meet these executives, you know, having being picked apart about everything they've ever done right or wrong in their lives. But that's their one opportunity to, quote, unquote, put on, you know, for their family. And I just, you know, I, I really, I really can't. I really hate to see that it's come to a spring. You no, know, we love to see it because I, I I'm not going to lie. If Oregon's playing Southern Cal and it's March 15th, it's going to be on my TV, you know, because it's football and I love the game of football. So I agree with you on that, but it's just going to be tough because yeah. I really think that we're going to lose some stars in the spring.
2: I, I think we lose a few stars. I, I don't know how many stars you lose. And the other side of it, yes, there's interviews, yes. There's some of the other things that Eugene mentioned, but there's also, yes, there is the everyday beating that you will take as an athlete, as an athlete, a guy sitting there in the Big Ten or even in the pack. Of course, I, I just for some reason think they hit a little bit harder in the Big Ten. Ugh. Sorry, Big uh, Pac-12, but I just think they do. And, and I think that's going to be the other concern is that the turnover time, the turnaround time is going to be a big thing. But let me play that with devil's advocate. If I'm a high school student, I'm an up-and-coming junior this year, I say, well, let me see. I'm going to get a chance to play in the fall if you're in the state of South Carolina, a few other states around the country, and then I'm going to get to go watch the Big Ten play football. I'm going to actually experience not being exhausted on a Friday night trying to hustle my way from Charleston, South Carolina, to Wisconsin or to Ohio State or to Michigan or to Indiana, and I'm actually going to get to go and and maybe go on a Thursday because I may do – well, they may let me go do some virtual learning. I mean, it's worked this far, so I could go and virtually learn On the way as uh, I can be a college athlete, but yet a college student athlete because I can actually venture into the class, see what they do on Friday night, experience the entire day on Saturday, and then nice, calmly work my way back to my hometown on Sunday. So while I always understand that there's two sides to every coin, and there's always two sides, even in an argument or a disagreement, there's always going to be other sides to look at things instead of assuming. That being said, I'll say this. I feel like for the high school kids, I think this is going to be kind of a neat opportunity for them to see the other side of what it might be. That's all I'm saying. I get we can look at the negative. Don't we have enough of that in life? Don't we have enough of our day-to-day operations of a negative lifestyle? So let's stop looking at the negatives or what it might be on the negative side, and let's look for the positive things that we can get out of this thing. With that being said, I'm positive that we got to take a break because coming out of break. We're going to be heading to the largest high school in the state of South Carolina where the Warriors, Wando the Warriors, that is, of course, 5A football over there in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Coach Rocco is going to join us next. Don't go anywhere as you're listening to Southern Ford Central right here on Block Talk Radio, guys.
6: I
7: got the horses in the back, horse stock is attached, head is mad at black, got the boots black to match, riding on a horse.
6: Brand new guitar. Baby's got a habit, diamond rings, and Fendi sports bras. riding down Rodale in my Maserati sports car. God knows, stress. i
2: Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richie been live here on Southern Sports Central, alongside Eugene Benton, coming to you live at 730 on a Tuesday. Beautiful night here in Somerville. As, uh, it looks like the rain has finally slowed down enough. And uh, without doubt, we now head back to the, well, phone lines at the Temp Farm Hotlines. But first, this segment brought to you by our friends over at Pharmacy, located at 140 South Main Street in downtown Somerville. You can find them on the web at gurnspharmacy.com or you can reach them by phone at 873 873- two five three one and like that we go to the largest high school in the great state of south carolina it looks like a college my lord they've got as many kids as a college and that is wando high school and their own high school football coaches he takes over the reins this year as he's going from the defense well to all of it in one is of course that is coach rocco joining us now what's up coach hey how you doing can you hear me all right you sound great man It sounds like you've been here before we're glad to have you on and uh First of all, uh, welcome to the show of many times. We're gonna get you in here. We had to get that rookie stripe off of you and get you in here and uh, get your helmet nice and pretty. But uh, we're glad to have you. Thanks the family for letting us hang out, uh, letting you hang out with us for a few hours or at least a few minutes.
8: Yeah, I'm excited about it. So, thank you much for coach, having me
2: out. Always a pleasure. Now the Wando the Warriors over there in Mount Pleasant. These guys have uh, been inboxing this coach. Once they got the word that you were joining us, uh, all the way from Will Pickering, who is a former player of yours, to a, uh, a handful of other players who are excited about you taking over this program, excited about the energy that you're going to be bringing it. Uh, but, but again, we're just as excited to hear about all the good things that are happening over there across the river, If, of course, uh, like we're located here in Somerville. Yeah,
8: I'm excited about it, too. I'm glad the kids are excited. I'm just glad that we finally uh... – got a chance to get back out there now and uh, get to see the kids and, and start to get rolling with it a little bit, you know. So it's obviously been a, a, a different kind of year for football.
2: Yeah, it definitely has. But it looks like uh, if everything's a go here in the low country, uh, football is definitely on the horizon. We're looking about a month away from kickoff, uh, if I'm not mistaken, towards the end of the up-and-coming uh, September. At the end of the month there, you guys will be kicking off. We'll talk about your schedule in just a minute. Uh, coach, but for those okay. who don't know who you are, who are meeting you for the first time tonight, kind of give yourself a breakdown. Let's let's hear that resume that, by the way, has a lot of impressive uh, key points to it, Coach. All right, yeah. Well, first and
8: foremost, I like to just, I always like to tell people I've come from a football family. So uh, I've probably been on the sidelines of a college football game or a high school football game since the day I was born. Uh, my dad was a college football coach for 40-something years. Um, he coached at places like the University of Rhode Island, uh, Bloomsburg University in Pennsylvania. He was the head coach there, Bethune-Cookman College down in Daytona. Uh, he was also the head coach for, I think, 10 years at Norfolk State University up in Virginia. Uh, he was even the defensive coordinator for the Chicago Enforcers back at the old XFL when it first came out, uh, which is always kind of cool, because if you've ever watched that, what is it, 30 for 30 or whatever like that, he's actually on there. So it, it's neat to see yeah. that. Um you know, so but yeah, so college football's kind of been in our in my blood for a long time. You know, I, I played high school football in two different places. I played two years in Danville, Pennsylvania, and then we moved to Florida, and I played my uh, junior and senior years down at a high school called Deltona down in Florida. Um, and then I got was lucky enough to to go to Furman University and play football there. I played four years there um, back in the late '90s under Bobby Johnson, and then. Um, When I got out of school, I I got a teaching job over at Christ Church Episcopal School, and I I coached there. I coached football and wrestling there for eight years, and then I got a chance to go back to Furman and coach under Bobby Lamb and was there and then uh, had coaching stops at North Greenville and uh, uh, Gardner-Webb University before I got out of college uh, coaching and um, got back into high school. So, yeah, I've kind of been around a little bit, you know, and I uh, met a lot of cool people and uh, a lot of interesting uh, – I had a lot of great relationships with a lot of great players. And, uh, you know, I just love football.
1: Well, I'll tell you
2: what, uh, you, you you literally were breathing it, eating, sleeping, doing everything you could. Football was part of your life on a day-to-day. And, and I heard Bethune-Cookman, that's a big uh, – I love Bethune-Cookman. I love what that band does down there on the field, all the way to the football <laughs> team. To, you know, they've got communications down there. They've got their own radio station down there as well in Daytona. But, but let me ask you this. Let's, let's stay at the high school level with you playing football, big high school. Okay. Anybody who follows high school football, man, that they put out some talent year after year. And I can only imagine, even when you played, you got the chance to go play at Furman. I mean, that doesn't happen for everybody. You know, back in course, even up until currently, a lot of big guys go up there and, and go and have that opportunity to play at the next level.
8: Yeah, yeah. So Deltona at that time was it was I think in its seventh year of existence. So it had split from the land high school, which was about four miles up the road. Um but yeah, it was six A football back then and it, it was uh there were a lot of a lot of good players in that area in that central Florida area, uh back in that time. You know, a lot of people have heard of mainland high school. They were in our region, we had to play them every year. Um Lake Mary High School down there was another real tough one. It's come to some prominence, I think, of late, or at least, you know, a few years ago when I was recruiting down in that area. So, you know, 6A football, I mean, it was it was a little bit of a culture shock. You know, I went from small town Danville, Pennsylvania, which had about 700 in the high school, to a school that was more like Wando. I think uh, we had 36 or 37 um, uh, hundred kids in that school at that time. So. And, you know, the other thing that you had to deal with was uh, was, was the heat. The heat was the big thing that I had to get used to. Not not much uh, different than out than down here.
2: Yeah, but a big difference from Pennsylvania down to the uh, the Florida, whether you're on the coach or there in the middle part of Florida, it comes up through the ground like it does here in the low countries. We're live yeah. right now hanging out with us uh, with Coach Rocco Adrian. He is the Wando head football coach taking over the reins this year. And, uh, Coach, now you've been a part of the staff for a while and, and, and kind of give us you know, I, I believe the defensive side has been your strong point, but now you get to come in and, and kind of oversee it all. A big dream come true has got to be. Big 5A football here in the state of South Carolina, the largest high school, like I keep saying, in the state. So you've got that loaded hallway. Well, usually. Right now it's all virtually loaded. But but tell us a little <laughs> bit about last year. You guys had a heck of a year last year, 8-3. and three. I actually called the game when you uh, hosted Somerville where – I got to see that young man, Will Pickering, uh, who I had talked to on previous occasions, right here at Southern Sports Central. But it seemed like your running back on the other side had, you know, a, a lot to prove, and he did it not only in that game but in other games. And then, like I mentioned, your defense—it was very fast and getting to the ball. Kind of talk a little bit about that 2019 season because if I'm not mistaken, that was probably one of your most impressive seasons at Wando in quite some time. Finishing, I think, was it eight and three? I think
8: we were eight and three or? or... Eight and four, I think, or maybe it was seven and four, because we lost the one game uh, due to the hurricane. So I think, I think right. we were, ended up seven and four, but I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what a, it was a good year. You know, the funny thing about it was was when I started, I started at Wando, my first two years there I volunteer coached. And the first year there I was coaching the, the B teams down there. And that senior class from last year were all the kids I had on that team. So it was really pretty cool. Um, to be able to be with those guys through their four years and kind of going up from, you know, volunteering to getting a job over there and teaching and, and kind of being there full-time. And, you know, it's just a great group of kids. I mean, they they work so hard and, you know, they're, they're so coachable and it's just a lot of fun to be around, you know, guys like Will. You know, Will was such a competitor. Um, and it was just fun to go out there and challenge those guys. And, and you know, all of them in that class were we're, we're great competitors and, you know, just love to be coached, love to be out there, love to play the game. And, you know, that it made that year fun. And, um, you know, and they did a lot of great things in, uh, last year. You know, that, that win over Somerville was a big win for us. And, you know, talking about Jaden running the ball, yeah, he ran really hard and was impressive, you know. And, and you know, Will had a great game in there. And, um, you know, I think that was, it was a uh, – it, it kind of, you know, what's the word uh, – Springed us up, you know, springed us forward right sure. in there, and you know, showed these guys what they could go and go and do, and um, so yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, you know, uh, last year with those guys, and they did, they just they played so hard, and a lot of them, you know, Will, you know, to kind of get back to him, you know, he kind of battled through some injuries through there. I think we missed him for two games, um, but you know the. To, to give the credit to those kids, I mean, the next guy up was ready to go and game, came in, and, and, you know, his name was uh, Anthony Eich. I mean, he came in did a great job. So, you know, those those guys were a lot of fun. They're going to be missed. But, you know, I'm also very excited about this year's group. You know, I, I think, you know, this year's group of seniors coming up, that same thing. I mean, you know, tight-knit group, a lot of fun to be around. They're really working hard. Uh, they love to play football, and so I'm excited to see what the, what they can do. And hopefully, you know, we build on that good season we had last year.
2: We're live right now with the head football coach over there at Wando High School here in the state of South Carolina. That's in Mount Pleasant. It is a 5A high school, the largest high school in the state of South Carolina. Of course, the head football coach is Coach Rocco Adrian. He, of course, uh, has uh, taken over the reins. And uh, I got to be honest with you, the excitement building up over there is, uh, is is very impressive. I've had a chance to meet and uh, shake hands with this one young man, Connor, who plays football for you. Uh, I, I know that he's kind of moved around a little bit, but it looks like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's an athlete, but he's got a chance to be a DB, possibly uh, linebacker in special teams. Uh, you know, but he's been camping a lot, taking advantage of opportunities, just because you guys couldn't yep. do it there on the field at Wando. Uh, talk a little bit about some of the big names that are coming up this year, Coach, if you don't mind.
8: Well, yeah, we're looking at big things at Connor. Connor's a rising 10th grader and he's been around there. And, you know, he had a great, uh, a really great year uh, on the JV team last year. So we're looking forward to see what he can do out there on the field. Um, You know, we got guys like Braden Pritchard coming back, quarterback coming back, you know, who had a good year, great year for us last year. And we're expecting big things from him. Uh, you know, Matt Gresham is the kid that played DB for strong safety for us last year. I felt like had a, a breakout year. I'm looking forward to see what he can do. Um, and you know, we got other guys like Colin Bryant, another senior that's out there. that's getting uh that has played last year is coming back. Uh, and so, you know, we've got some other guys that didn't get quite as much playing time, but now their time's coming up and we're looking forward to, to seeing what they can do and see them step up into the roles of some of the other seniors that had graduated. But, uh, Yeah, I mean, I I like the team that we got coming back. I think, you know, we got guys at receiver like uh, Jeb Bell and uh, Pete Varzell who we're expecting big things from at receiver. Um, uh, Ethan uh, Frailish is another one. So, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, these guys, you know, they're excited about it. They're coming back. They're trying to learn what we're trying to to put in. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to finally get them out there and and see what we can do and, and get them ready to go play ball.
2: Now, Coach, let me ask you this. Of course, COVID-19, it came in like a fierce hurricane. You mentioned the hurricane last year, but this was a different style yep. of shutting us down around the state of South Carolina. definitely shut us down here on the coast of uh, South Carolina. March, about the date that it seems like everything was kind of shut down, and, of course, in Charleston County, you know, every county was kind of dictated by their own government within the county that they were in. Uh, Charleston County had an opportunity to do things differently than Berkeley County or Dorchester County, but that being said, coach, how did you manage? I mean, you get this opportunity, which by the way, congratulations, we're going to give you a football team. Oh, by the way, here's some Corona we're going to give with you. And it's not the one out of the fridge is <laughs> the one that's going to stop your whole program down. And we're not even giving you a line with this one. We're just going to give you, you know, uh, some tissue. That being said, uh, how did you manage to, to, to introduce yourself as the head coach? And I guess being on the staff already, we did kind of help you a little bit more than some others, but, yet you still had to, right. you know, you were wearing a different hat. So how did you manage to stay in touch with your guys during this pandemic? I mean, I think like a lot of coaches did.
8: I mean, you know, we on the computer, you know, trying to uh, get guys signed up with, with uh, things like Google Forms and things like that and putting that out on the website and then on the athletic website. And then, you know, the guys that I did know, you know, uh, had text messages with, you know, trying to get everybody's number that wants to play and get that and get Zoom meetings going just to, you know, introduce myself. Here's what we got going on. Um, Excuse me. And try to get, you know, contact information for all the kids that are interested in playing. And then that way, you know, you're able to kind of shoot out different things like, you know, just voluntary conditioning workouts or something like that. You know what I mean? Uh, Get them on the huddle so that they can kind of start looking at the playbook when, when we were allowed to start doing that stuff Um, and then zoom meetings, obviously with your position groups and, and getting the other coaches to do that with their guys. So we can start to install things and start to talk about it and all that. So that when we finally were able to get back out on the field, it wasn't something that was brand new or foreign to them. You know, they had at least a little bit of an idea of what we were trying to do and, what we're looking to try and do and and things like that. So, you know, technology like it did with the school and, you know, trying to get kids to finish up school and all that other stuff played a major role in trying to just keep guys in contact and, you know, making sure they're okay and, you know, they're doing everything that they need to do and and all those kind of things.
2: We're live right now checking in with the head football coach. He's taking over the reins at Wando High School. 5A football at its best here in the Palmetto State of South Carolina in Mount Pleasant is where the address is, and again, it is the largest high school here in the state. And that is head coach Rocco Adrian joining us here now for the first of many opportunities here on Southern Sports Central. Coach, the season it looks to be almost attainable. It's almost there. Every everybody here in the state, I believe, all but maybe one or two schools that have chosen not to practice can practice though. However, everybody out of the Tri County area here in the Low Country is practicing, and everybody on your schedule is practicing uh, what has practice been like for you now that you guys, I think what now are in your second full week since, uh, the numbers have started to go down. And I guess the, uh, Charleston County has allowed you guys to start moving into still, I think 1.5 or point Yeah. 1.5. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So
8: yeah, we're 1.5. So yeah, we were able to get pods up, you know, we can have up to 16 people in a pod. Um, so, you know, yeah, we had to make sure we had all those in place and stuff, but in, um, we got that stuff out, and yeah, so we're into the second week now, super excited, like I said, that it's just great to see the guys again and get them out there moving around and, you know, thinking about football and going through the, uh, you know, like going through the, the different techniques that we're going to try to play and doing as much as we can with the 1.5, um, uh, you know, restrictions. So, you know, you're doing a lot of change of direction type stuff and conditioning type things um, to just try to get them, you know, back into football shape because, you know, as much as they're out working out and doing those things on their own, it's it's different once you get out there with your, with your coach and your group and all those kind of things. So um, it's been really good. You know, it, it reminded me how much I love the coach to finally get back out there with those guys and see them and laugh and get those relationships going back up and, you know, starting to get to know some of the younger guys that I didn't know as well um, because they're either, you know, rising freshmen or rising sophomores. Um so, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun uh, just getting back to them and, you know, and seeing that excitement that they have and, you know, the excitement that I have to, you know, go out and play. And, you know, so, you know, we tell them because of all this stuff, you know, every day's a blessing just to be able to get out there and be able to go do what we can do. So we try to go out there and have fun and enjoy that day. And, you know, and just keep hoping we keep getting those days.
2: You know, Coach, it's interesting because you and I growing up and uh, anybody who's played any game, it doesn't matter what sport it was, they always tell you play every game, every down, every inning, whatever it is, like it's your last. And we really honestly can relate to that now because of the spring sports, how they were ended so abruptly and how we may or may not have even had a chance to play this game. And it's like we tell a lot of our young athletes that come on this show is, look, you treat that practice like it's a game. You give it all you got. Every game is a playoff game, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm seeing a lot of schools – jumping in and let's turn now to the season of 2020 and you can mention some preseason games if you're having them coach but a lot of teams and we're encouraging coaches and athletic directors to don't wait to have that senior season night don't wait to have senior night have it early matter of fact let's double down and have senior night and parents night the same night because you don't need any energy going into each week because I promise you as long as there's a game called football on a Friday night in, in any state by the way it's going to have its own energy without having any of the extra bells and whistles. So, Coach, talk a little bit about the season coming up and uh, some of the comments that I just made.
8: Yeah, well, so, you know, we got the season coming up, and it's it'll be a little bit different because you're starting off with region play right from the get-go. And, uh, you know, we're going to open up with Kane Bay, which is always a challenge because they run the triple option. So, you know, your defense is a little bit different than uh, than – what it normally would be because of, you know, the, the offense that they run and, you know, they're so physical and so tough. So, you know, you've got to, you got to get prepared for that. And, um, and, and so, you know, we go with them and then we, then we got Berkeley at home uh, after we play cane Bay. And then I think we go to Stratford and then go to goose Creek and then West Ashley. And then we've got uh Ford Dorchester. And then I believe we go to stall after that. So, you know, we've got a, a, a tough schedule. You know, we got all our region games and then we got Dorchester on there and, and install. And, and so it'll be fun. It'll be challenging. And that's the way we want it to be. Um, you know, we want to go out there and, and get challenged every week and um, see what we can do. And, you know, and yeah, I mean, we've got, like you said, you know, you, you never know what can happen. So, you know, I know we're looking into all those different kind of things that you brought up, like senior night and parents night and homecoming and, and all those kind of things. And, When's the best time to, uh, to to get all those things done?
2: Now, Coach, our, our hearts and, and thoughts and prayers are with you and your entire you know not only your coaching staff but the the entire uh, staff at, at Wando, the players, uh, the, the former players who all know Coach Hayes who just passed away uh, during uh, I, I believe towards the end of the year last year, and I thought it was an incredible, how remarkable was that? drive-by parade when we saw it we knew it was special but man does it mean so much more here today so first of all condolences out to you and and everybody who's ever crossed the path and i've been blessed to have many conversations with a matter of fact the broadcast that i did at the time i was with somerville doing their play-by-play i actually had a a long in-depth conversation with them and it meant a lot to me then but it means so much more now so uh we do send out that and uh just any question just curious uh do you guys have anything planned uh in in honor of uh you know i know what you've done to the field there but but maybe speak on his behalf of of all that i know he's meant to you uh, and how he's played a major role in your life coach
8: well yeah so the you know the funny thing is is i've known coach Hayes for a lot of years you know he was a Furman grad i went to Furman, and so you know he was he was there when a lot of my coaches were there and you know so they were friends so i've known him for a lot of years and you know when I was in college ball and I, I had this area to recruit, I would come down there, and whenever I visited Wando, I'd go down there and speak with Coach Noonan for a little while, and then I'd end up probably, th- you know, 30 minutes to 45 minutes in Coach Hayes' office just talking about Furman football and the people that we know and and all those things. And, and you know, it's those, it's those kind of memories that I remember and cherish so much because he was such a great guy. And, you know, he was – he was a big reason I ended up over at Wando. I mean, I was, you know, out here working in, um, in Charleston and he gave me a call one day and said, Hey, are you interested in coaching again? And I was like, yeah, you know, what do you got? And he's like, well, I need somebody to help us with the B team. And so I was like, I'm all in, so let's go do it. And, and, you know, that's kind of the spark that got me to where I'm at right now. And, you know, I'll forever be grateful for coach Hayes for that. And, um, you know, he, he was, he just, he meant so much to the school. He meant so much to, you know his former players and, and and the community around. He's greatly going to be missed. I mean, he meant so much to the Furman community. Um, I've spoken to a lot of you know former Furman alumni and you know coaches and things like that 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 knew him really really well and were great friends with him and you know we've all just kind of shared some stories and things like that about him and yeah he'll he'll be missed and you know we are in the works of, of looking at what we can do to try to honor him in one of the games and and do things like that. You know, we're working on those plans right now. Um, so I'm pretty sure there'll be something coming. You know, we will um, we'll have those memorial stickers on our helmets for him. Um, and, and, you know, just to kind of show how much we loved and appreciated him.
2: Well, Coach, I had uh, an individual that we share a common friend with. He had told me a little bit after you and I had talked about your connection there with Coach. So, uh, as uh, you know, it's a very small world right? And we always tell our young people that, and we've learned that with COVID in 2020, it's a year of vision and then nothing else. We've come out with a lot of different visions than we thought we had going into uh, this year. As we said, happy new year. I'm not sure if we'll say it going into next year. We'll see how that works (laughs) out coach, but uh, we wish you and your team and and all of your players, not only uh, a great season, right, but but just an, an enjoyable moment that they're able to make play after play, be it there at the practice facilities, over there, at your, your facilities there, which, by the way, you guys have a five-star facility. Uh, man, I tell you what, I've been in a lot of press boxes. I've caught a lot of games. But, uh, you know, they all have their own air their own about them. You know, again, you, you, they have their own signature. But, you know, state-of-the-art-wise, when it comes to state-of-the-art, man, I tell you what, it, it's as nice as some of the colleges that you get the chance to get into. But I just appreciate you and your family and, and everybody at Wando giving us the opportunity to have you and, in the future, your players a part of our show.
8: Uh, well, thank you for having us on. I mean, it means a lot. i love to be able to come in and speak about Wando and, and talk about our program and all that, you know. And, yeah, you know, I don't know how much people know this, but Coach Hayes had a, a a really big part in that stadium as well, you know. And so, right. you know, that's why, you know, it's a lasting legacy, you know, right there with him. You know, he everything he did was first class and first rate, and that stadium shows that, you know. But, um just to kind of go on with what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I really appreciate you having us on, and, and I look forward to coming back on and talking about Wando football. And, and um, you know, I, I hope, you know, I, I'm looking forward to the season. And, you know, like I tell our kids, you know, every day, like I said, it's just a blessing, you know. Let's go out there and let's have fun. Let's enjoy it because, as we've seen, you know, it could be taken away in a, in a heartbeat. So let's make sure we're out there having fun and doing what we're supposed to be doing and, and enjoying every minute of it.
2: Well, Coach, back to the stadium, I'll say this. As I was calling the radio broadcast, I don't know whose idea it was to have the food truck rodeo behind the stands, but but it was a great spot for us. And every time I turned around, I was like, man, can this thing stop blowing the wind over here? Because we would smell like like I was at the fair the whole night. It was an incredible atmosphere. And uh, Coach Hayes did so many great things. And and not just at Wando. He touched so many different lives, like you mentioned. And and, and there's so many that that are going to recognize him throughout the season. And for that, I – I commend those other schools who who take time to recognize a man who was part of mentoring many, not just the males, but the females. And uh, just anybody who came around him, he would give you a few seconds. Even if he didn't have it, he would make a few. And uh, for that, I'm very blessed that I've had that opportunity to have as well. Uh, Coach, when it comes down to you, of course, uh, we do look forward to it. Now, we are looking to do a Saturday show uh, instead of Sundays once the season starts, and that will be a recap of the Friday Night Lights. And I'd love to kind of – you know, I'll hit you a few messages if you're not if you're feeling well. Then call in and kind of tell us how you guys played, and then if not, send me one of your other dudes, one of the other coordinators, and we'll break them in as well, coach.
6: <laughs> I got you. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds like a well, plan. We God bless man. you, buddy. We
2: appreciate you, man, and uh, congratulations, man. Look, you made it. You're the head coach of the largest high school in the state of South Carolina. By the way, no pressure. Yeah.
8: No, well, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, <laughs> hey, have a great night, and uh, once again, I really appreciate you having me on, and and uh, look forward to doing it again sometime soon.
2: That you got it, Coach. Thank you very much. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only, the head football coach of the Wando Warriors. We're going to take a break and reset. It is hour two, done. Hour three around the corner, and now we take the bus from virtually going over from Wando. We'll have a 526 trip around the river we go and over to North Charleston High School. We'll check in with the head football coach, Devin Smalls. As you guys know, uh, he played some college ball. He played some high school ball, but right now he's coaching some ball over there with the guys hanging out at North Charleston. They also, by the way, have a new stadium. We'll talk to him in just a few, guys. Don't go anywhere. This is Southern Sports Central coming to you live right here on Blog Talk Radio. Check us out on Facebook at Southern Sports Central and you can hang out with us right over there on Twitter at SO Sports Central, guys. So, go anywhere, we'll be right back.
9: Feeling good. Hey, feeling good, like I stood in the blue Neighborhood feeling blessed, never stressed. Got that sunshine on my Sunday best. Yeah. Hey, every day can be a better day despite the challenge. All you gotta do is leave it better than you found it. It's gonna get difficult to stand, but hold your balance. I just say whatever, cause there is no way you're around it. Cause everyone, oh. But you just gotta know it'll all be fine Hey, yo, bro.
2: Final hour, two in the books, one on the way. And we want to thank the group of guys and girls over at Wando High School. That's located in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. They are a 5A school, the largest high school in the state of South Carolina. It is a college campus indeed. But they have definitely uh, gotten themselves uh, quite a facility in the football area. And also a new coach over there, Coach Rocco Adrian, joined us for about 30 minutes. Did a great job. As you heard, yeah, his resume started in high school in Pennsylvania, finished his high school in Florida, played at Furman, did great things all around, grew up in an atmosphere where his father was a football coach for over 40 years. Man, I got to tell you, that's why I love having these guys on here. We don't stop with him. We're heading now right here to a virtual tour with the head football coach over there at uh, North Charleston High School with Coach Devin Smalls. Coach, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us here talking some Cougar football.
7: Hey, how you doing?
2: Thanks for having me. We're good. Uh, It's our pleasure. Now, you're just getting off the football field, correct, Coach? So, I mean, you might actually still be putting some things away.
7: Uh, We're doing our post-practice scratches, and then we'll be out of here. (laughs) So, we're coming to you live from the football field virtually.
2: Uh, Coach, I got to be honest. I think you're the first coach that's gotten us on the football field, man. So, thank you for the love and uh, allowing us to be a part of the Cougar Talk here tonight on Southern Sports Central. That's right, no problem. No problem at all. Now, of course, uh, you and I talked earlier, and we're real excited about this uh, next 25 to 30 minutes to talk about not only Cougar football. we got to talk about some football with uh, well, Coach Smalls, who played some ball, by the way, uh, Baptist Hill alumni, class of 04, Newberry College. He's part of that Newberry crew back in 08, but now he is coaching that football team. at the football field right now with the Cougars. But let's go back to your days of playing up there. Now, i got to be honest with you. I don't think Baptist Hill gets a lot of love, and I don't want to throw too much shade against where you are now, but but talk a little bit about your days of growing up and playing in a very well-oiled machine known as Baptist Hill on a Friday night, Coach.
7: Well, it's the country. It ain't much to do out there but play football, you know. I mean, <laughs> it's just friends, going to the neighbor house and football. Pretty much that's it. So, you know, you didn't have the access to come to weightlifting or come to practice. We were have before <laughs> the coaches. Sometimes the coaches ran us off the field, you know now you you played for some big
2: coaches over there, if I'm not mistaken you had some some dudes that have uh you know come through coaching you mentoring you uh who was the coach back then when you were playing that that not only you know the the community knew but you knew a lot better knowing that this guy had your best interest coach
7: uh coach rick burns um he's a garrett alumni um when we had a great run up episode you know he taught us all the fundamentals and you know taught us the mental part of the game you know it's much easier when you can um you know, figure out the X's and O's and execute blocks and understand schemes and all the X's and O's and make you a better player. And then followed up with Coach Marion Brown, who's doing a real good job at BAPA. So now, and the system he has in place and actually making a good playoff run. I believe it was 2017 or 2018 when they made a the state title run in the 1A. So, right. I mean, some great coaches down there.
2: Now, of course, you played your day. So kind of give us a breakdown of your day, playing there, get it through Newberry, and kind of get us, up to date is you're now the head coach over there at North Charleston, uh, Coach Smalls. Give us the position and uh, kind of the background, if you don't mind, for a few minutes.
7: Oh, okay. Uh, well, when I started playing off in high school, uh, coaches had me all across the field, defensive end, center, tight end, wide receiver, sometimes fullback or running back. And, um, you know, as we were playing, we had so much athletes on the field, You just were happy, you just were happy to get on the field. And accept the position you played because it was tough getting on the field. Um, we took a downfall our senior my senior year. Uh, Cleveland McCoy left, and a, a lot of other talented uh, guys left. So I was forced to fill a role in playing middle linebacker because we had some uh, inexperience back there that year. I actually led the state in tackles with 163 tackles, and I actually kind of brought a lot of attention to myself. And um, that actually got me the, the interest of Coach Knight at Newberry College who recruited me. And um you know, I was just a young kid. I wasn't uh thinking about college. All I wanted to do was play football. And uh, you know, Coach Knight came to New um the you know, offered me a scholarship. And um, I still wasn't um aware of, you know, scholarships aren't that um given out that frequently, so it was a blessing for me to have a scholarship. And um I just took advantage of it and uh, when I got to Newberry, um Coach Knight, Coach Flynn, uh, they scratched the fundamentals of football. You know, we were, in the, uh, we were at the bottom of the barrel when we got there in 04, and uh, that 04 class turned things around, you know, just by, you know, taking constructive criticism from the coaches, I mean, putting us through the fire, camps. And uh, when that program started to turn around, you know, we won two conference titles and, uh, under the head coaching of Zach Willis at the time. And, uh, you know, winning those two conference titles, you know, you know, allow you to understand playing football is a big sacrifice. Time away from family, friends, girlfriends. But if you want that ultimate goal, if you want the ultimate prize, you're going to have to make a sacrifice. And, you know, so all those things being taught through these coaches and being battle-tested with, with teammates, you know, all that stuff transition now as a head coach and trying to get these kids. Understand if you want to be successful, you have to make a sacrifice. You have to be committed. It won't be easy. And um, so every day that we we still out here practicing now, we haven't accomplished anything. You know, we're starting from the ground up. They bought in, and we're ready to go.
2: We're live right now with the head football coach and uh, the the exciting thing, Eugene, I'm sure you're listening with a smile on your face on the other side of that glass as I am right here, uh, is hearing the guys in the background counting it down. Man, I tell you, that is sweet music to my ears, man. I got to be honest with you. I'm pumped. I'm in, in the studios in here, Coach. I, I don't know if you're doing jumping jacks, but I am as they're counting it down. and uh, Man, it, it's got to be exciting for you, though. Let, let me ask you this. Now you are the head coach. You're running the show over there. You guys have a new stadium. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about you know, the stadium and the schedule coming up before we get you out of here, Coach, and uh, thank you for taking time away to be in here with us. But, but let, me, uh, let, let me ask you this question. When, when it came down to COVID breaking out and everything going on, how, how, did you, how did you handle the news coming out? How did you handle staying in contact with all of these kids there in North Charleston to, to making sure that they were where they needed to be and, and, and they were not only getting the education – but getting that nutrition, because you and I both know, and I share this with other coaches, you know, that's a meal that they guarantee that they'll get when they're in school. But now not being in school during some of that period, you know, how
7: did you lean on them? Well, first and most importantly, just maintain a, a good relationship with parents. And uh, what I've done at North Charleston every summer, we um, got the summer meal program because we know that kids usually eat more in school. So we have a summer meal program where, um, we can actually feed the kids throughout the entire week, and whether well, it's breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and um, they have pickup sites. And um, so we had to transition a few things where we had to get uh, non-perishable items rather than hot meals because of the COVID and can't use the facilities. But we made it work. And um, but letting the parents know the guidelines, the precautions, all the measures that high school league has been taking, we are taking them more comfortable but i would tell uh, the parents family is first and i would never go against what a parent has to say about covid because that's their child but letting them know all the precautions the high school league has put in place and all the measures that we are taking to make sure their kids are safe it makes it much easier process
2: we're live right now with the head football coach hanging out with us on a virtual campus tour this time we're on the football field as the cougars are getting ready for the 2020 season. The North Charleston High School Cougars, That has the head coach Devin Smalls, joins us here for the first of many as we're getting ready to now show some love to the class of 2019 and that season last year, Coach, uh, where you guys, of course, played your final game in the stadium that is no longer. We'll talk about the new one here in a minute, but tell me a little bit uh, about last year, and, and I would usually say tell me about some of your dogs, but you guys aren't dogs, you're Cougars. Let me hear about some of those Cougars that you guys <laughs> had
7: last year. Oh, man, um, last year was that graduating class that I met as freshmen. Um, I was at North Charleston High School since 2013. But I actually um, transitioned to Baptist Hill. And when I transitioned as a defensive coordinator at Baptist Hill, that freshman class I left behind. So when I returned, they were all seniors. And um, it was a wonder to see how much I've grown. Um Actually, my eyes opened up wide because some of them have matured a whole lot. But so far as potential, athleticism, raw talent, it was so much of them. But the goal was to make them believe, to make them work as a team, to make them understand that there's no one person above the team. And we don't need superheroes out here. We we need guys to play their role. And that group began to bought in, and uh, we did just fine. A lot of them have potential to go anywhere in play, but we made sure that academics was first. Now, some of them fell short and have to take the junior college route, but if that's the route they have to take to be successful moving forward, then that's what they have to do. But at North Charleston, there's talent everywhere, everywhere. It's just changing the culture, making everyone believe, and just hard work and dedication.
2: I love it as we're breaking it down right now with the head football coach hanging out over there on the football field in the background. Again, sweet music to our ears here at Southern Sports Central and anyone who can hear us around the country because you don't get that every day, and you definitely don't get that on your average radio sports show because that's what we do here. We do it big with Coach Devin Smalls of the Cougars. Coach, now the new season coming up, and, uh, man, I got to tell you, while that's music to my ears, it had to be music to your ears when North Charleston – or the city of Charleston County, Charleston, whoever told you, man, get your guys and get them out there and let's go to play football.
7: Oh. I'm
2: sorry, say that for me
7: again.
2: What was it like when you finally heard the conversation when they finally said your athletic director or, or whoever was the one to tell you, look, you guys get to go play football, get your guys together, and I believe it was what, last week when you guys were finally able to make it back out there on the football field?
7: Oh, oh my gosh, it was I tell you what, we never stopped preparing because I knew this day was going to come. And when they gave me the okay, I just sent out a group text to the coaches. They were already ready to go. And the players, they were ready to go. (laughs) To be honest with you, um, you know, these kids, you talking about sitting down since March, um, a lot of them still was at the recreation department playing. A lot of them were still getting some work in. A lot of them recorded their workouts. But when we got the word to go ahead and play, I was actually pleased to know that we were still preparing just in case. We just didn't sit back and just took this loss. We was like, now just stay ready because when it happens, we'll be prepared and ready to go. And that's what we did. So it was very exciting. Skip the beat. No doubt. When you stay
2: ready, you don't have to get ready. If you stay in shape, you yes, don't sir. have to get in shape. And uh, that's the key there, Coach. And I know you've learned that from your high school days to college and now running the program over there at North Charleston. Now, let's talk about your upcoming schedule Looks like region play is the first play for most, uh, if not everybody around the state, and then you may get a game or two. Tell me a little bit about your schedule coming up this year where it's focused heavily on being in the top two of that region. That guarantees you, if I'm not mistaken, a spot in the playoffs, but I know, you know, this time you guys are actually getting a chance to kind of play every game like it is a playoff game. Coach, tell me about the 2020 schedule for us.
7: Okay, well, we start off with Hanahan, which is Art Craig is there. And um, it's kind of a blessing actually being in a region where um, Coach Chad Greer from Old who just left, and Art Craig with, I don't know, 20, 30 years of experience, you know, to sit back and watch these coaches and how how they prepare their team and the preparation, how their team, you know, takes their approach to the field is a a blessing to watch because I actually do pick their brains and and I do see what they do well. But so far as region play, I understand that these are seasoned coaches. Even Coach Carl, is older side now. these are seasoned coaches, and they're going to have their team prepared. So every step we take here at North Charleston High School, we know starting off a region play, those teams are going to be prepared. They're going to be fundamentally sound. They're going to be well-coached. They're going to be organized. And they're not going to make a lot of mental mistakes. And that's uh, playing in this region with that much experience, um, head coaching experience, it only elevates your game because those coaches are not going to take a day off regardless who they're playing. And um, we keep Baptist on the schedule because, you know, I'm, I'm an alumni, and, uh, you know, it's, it's always a good ticket draw playing Baptist. You're going to head the Battery Creek, um, Academic Magnet. Like I said, Hanahan, Oceanside, Bishop England. Bishop England stays fundamentally sound. I always love their program. Always fundamentally sound. They may not have the biggest athletes, but they're going to do their job, and they're going to execute their job just the way they were taught to do it. I love watching Bishop McMahon and I love the coach they have there, also. Yeah, coach, it's got
2: to be fun for you to be playing Baptist here in your final game, right there. Of course, uh, as you look at everything, and now when you, when you kind of put everything and you look at this new stadium that you guys are getting a chance to break in, uh, to me, I, I get a chance to ride by from time to time and look at it from what it was to what it is, and, and I got to be honest with you, man. That alone, I would imagine, gets a lot of these guys excited, but. But tell me a little bit about you know how it was probably hard to hear that they were taking down your stadium that's right across the street from your school, but yet they were going to build you a, a basically a, a, a field of greens, if you will, sitting over there
7: off of Montague. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful stadium. It's beautiful. And the kids actually deserve it. Um, the alumni uh, at North Charleston High School, even when it was Bonds wilson you know, it was a sad moment when, you know, the building – the, the, the stadium was um tore down, but the kids needed something new they needed something new, they needed something to be excited about and i'm glad I'm glad about District Four stadium in terms of uh, you know cussing the plane on grass now playing on field turf you know we can get them acclimated with that. but I told them once we step on that field, even though we share some share the field, this is North Charleston High Schools field. And we're going to take every game, we're going to approach this field as it's ours, and we're going to show up, and we're going to be the best team here every Friday night. So I'm very proud that these kids have something nice to look forward to and a good field and something they can call their own. And, Coach, this
3: is uh, Eugene. And I had the pleasure of coaching uh, on the other side of you for a couple of years. Man, I'll tell you something, I was – uh, I'm not sure if this guy is back uh, for you, you guys last year. I know I met you uh, preseason last year, uh, pregame uh, for the Oceanside game when uh, you guys had some, uh, you know, sent some stuff over to help out your uh, specialist there. But uh, I was telling Richie uh, when we heard you were coming on, uh, I was looking at some film two years ago and I'll never forget this play. I can't remember the team y'all played right before you played Oceanside, but there was a young man that you had that was so athletic. He come flying through the line to block an extra point, and the young man didn't block it with his hands. He blocked it with a flying drop kick. I don't know if that guy's back, but I'm going to tell you what. You should have seen my senior kicker's face. When we went over that in film review, you should have seen that dude's face, man. That was some WWE stuff there. I don't know if that guy's back for you this year, but I, I got a number. I, there's a guy I trained. He's the number 26 in the nation kicker at Oceanside. He was backing up that mm-hmm. senior, man. That, and I'm sure uh, Spencer's over there hoping that guy's graduated, man. <laughs> so,
7: <laughs> Oh, I've seen worse than that, Coach. I've seen worse than that. I'm glad it was just a draw kick. <laughs> Yeah, but he kicked the ball. He didn't kick a player. He actually kicked the ball out
3: of the air. You know, I don't I don't know what kind of athleticism you got going over there. But, you know, and, and there was another player that stood out to me on your roster last year. Uh, you got – you're familiar with the running back that was at Oceanside with Keegan Williams. Uh, you had a guy that came directionally off the field and ran him down from behind and tackled him short of the end zone. And, you know, all year. I ne- we never saw that. And uh, I'm not sure if that guy's back, but definitely, you know, if he – Uh, I'm I'm sure if he's back playing football, he's probably on the track team as well.
7: Well, since I got here at North Charleston High School, I related to the AD that as a head football coach, my players don't take time off. When football is done, well, football is never done in my eyes. After football, I like basketball. If you choose to be on the basketball team, that's fine. But you're going to be in the wrestling program, you're going to be on the track, and you're going to be in the weight room. Now, you got all these options to, to do. Now, if you're sitting here doing nothing, you gave me an indication that you're not here for the program. So it just builds an entire program when you these kids flourish. I have a, a young man right now, uh, Deshaun Williams. Um, the kid never went home for the last two years. Football, basketball, track, back to football. He's the best player on the football team right now. Fastest, strongest, very agile because he bought into the program. And, and that's how we're going to do things here at North Charleston High School because, you know, it's, it's about the program, not just the football team. It's about the program and how we can get this entire program. The girls just won state title. Uh, the boys lost in lower states. And um, it just shines a bright light on North Charleston High School. And that's why I'm here, and I want to be a part of that program, get these kids out of because they are very talented. They are very talented. And if you can't earn a scholarship on football, you can earn one in track. Or basketball, or wrestling. We just had a state, uh, uh, Joseph Lawson, he's on a football team. He just won state in wrestling at 195 pounds. And when he gets back to football, he's going to be a better football player. And these track guys, you know, it's it's just a part of the program, and he bought into it. So, you know, hopefully it's going to pay off. Yeah, no doubt, Coach. And, um just wanna say, man,
3: I I live over here in Park Circle, man. I'm just down the road if you ever need anything, man. Oh,
0: okay.
3: uh, right there. My my dad grew up uh you could hear North Charleston games actually, uh my dad lived um he was uh he retired as the fire chief of North Charleston, lived right there. Uh I, I lived the last few years before I went up to college uh, over on uh, North Park Place. So like I said, the 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 old stadium was kinda in in a sense right behind the high uh, right behind the house. You could hear the games there and I can probably hear the games you know, if they were still played there at my house, I, I live, like I said, still live over in Park Circle. But, uh, you know, in that new field, I know you guys are playing some games there. Um, my understanding and looking at the schedule is that you guys are playing a game or two. Is that correct over at uh, where um, uh, Garrett used to play? Is that, is, is that right?
7: Correct. So, some games will be at District 4 Stadium. Some games will be at Garrett High School. All right, all right. And then other games are away. Uh, so, and now, have you heard anything about the stands?
3: uh You know, because that's a pretty big stadium uh, with the fans there at the new stadium because it seems like, you know, that thing can pack out. I haven't seen a number yet. Uh, have you seen a number of how many people it can sit?
7: I don't know why 6,000 is, is in my head right now, but maybe 6 to 8, I'm not sure. You know, um, sometimes I just focus on um, trying to get in that win column. But um, there's all restrictions to the amount of fans that get into the um, stadium. Um, so now, now looking forward to this season, you know,
3: we talked about some of the some of the guys you have coming back. Um, you know, uh, I, I I need to look over the roster. I haven't looked over the roster in a while. Um, so so what do you have coming back? You know, as far as your your upperclassmen, uh, what you lost, and uh, who you got? You know, kind of coming in to take on those shoes. I know you just mentioned Mr. Deshaun. Kind of being your guy, being an athlete, you know, a, a guy that you think is going to uh, kind of take over. But uh, give, it, give us some other dudes you got coming in.
7: Okay, definitely. Um, Jalil Uden, um, free safety, wide receiver, punt return. I believe he turned four punts or kickoff return last year for, for touchdowns. Um, one against Baptist, one against Ocean Side, and it was other schools. Um, can't remember right now, but very rangy. I mean, he can cover the entire field. He's a senior. Um, Evander Jones, junior, uh, D lineman, six three, two forty five. Very athletic. He's another kid that doesn't go home. I don't think you know what a school bus looks like. You know, he's always at the facility. Uh he's gonna be very great for us. Uh Cortland Washington, he was a transfer from River Bluff, linebacker, um, uh, very fundamentally sound, strong, about six foot, uh, one eighty. Um I can go on for days. I can go on for days about the athletes. and uh, But those of our key guys, especially our quarterback, Luke Um he's an athlete, transition to quarterback, but very fundamentally sound and very um, um, and make sure that we can gel as a team. But um, I can speak about all my players because all of them contribute in a different way and all of them are special in a different way. And um, so once we connect as a team, and that's my job, you know, we're going to be very, 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 uh, very good team. One more thing, I'm going to give
3: you a chance to uh, talk about some of your assistant coaches over there. Um, you know, uh, you, you guys moved up, uh, as well as, like you mentioned, Oceanside that was in the 2A region with you. Uh, talk about some of those assistants you got over there and a uh, little bit of their background and uh, kind of what they're doing and how they're getting those guys ready. So far as a head coach,
7: one of the best moves I've ever made is hiring my, my coaching staff I have now. Uh, this is year three, and, you know, uh, it, it's not the same coaching staff I started off with, um, but still a healthy relationship with everyone. But uh, these guys have been in the community for over 30-plus years in terms of uh, being in tune with the recreation department and the feed uh relationship with community leaders, um, family members, and very knowledgeable of football. And... Um, As you can notice, when I was talking over the phone, they were running practice. And because they are strong men, um, they're very confident in what they do. Um, So I got uh, Mr. Chuck Middleton. He's been in the North Charleston community for um, 30-plus years and um, established a very strong um, youth program and travel program with the um, uh, North Charleston Raiders, uh, along with Coach Monty White and Coach Dante Bowens. Um, our numbers have grown very much, just due to the relationship with the uh community members and people wanting to come back to North Charleston because they see the vision the right people are in the right places, and our numbers have grown a lot. Um, very great coaches. I actually give all them all the credit i 'm um, allowed to do more of administrative work so you know establish keep establishing this program. Yeah. Because when I mean there's some horses out here, there's some horses. And in terms of taking care of discipline, uh, accountability, coaching, things being organized, things being structured, they love what they do, and they take pride in what they do. And they're always very critical of themselves on how they can get better every day. So I'm very blessed right now to be around these guys. Now you have a famous uh, alumni, so so to
3: speak, in football there. He played at North Charleston back in the day. Went on to play at the University of South Carolina, had a professional career in the Canadian League, and that's Mr. Uh, Gerald King. And I know he's been working with some guys out over here in Park Circle at, at the field here. And uh, you know, have you been able to reach out to him and pull him back into the family and get him, you know, kind of out, you know, speaking to those guys? Because I know that's a big thing. You know, we had him on the show. That's been a big thing to him is, you know, reaching out, mentoring the guys from the area, you know, who grew up here, who kind of understand the community and and some of the things that goes on here and things like that. And uh, I know Mr. King is very involved with the youth here. Just wondering if you had that chance to establish that relationship and kind of bring him out to uh, talk to the guys.
7: Oh, definitely. Um, As a defensive coordinator, I met uh, a Jarrell King was actually a pretty large guy. If you ever met him in person, you know, (laughs) Um, and uh, I met him as a defensive coordinator. Um, Very passionate about it. You know, to answer your question, yes, I've spoken to him on several occasions, and he was establishing the uh, Offensive Lineman or Defensive Lineman Academy. I sent some, some guys out there in the community, some players, to help him jumpstart um, his program, and he's doing really great with that program. I obviously see him posting a lot of Facebook videos on that. But uh, North Charleston is Jarrell King's home, and he's always welcome here. And uh, we have many discussions. And it's just a matter of time before we gel together and get this thing going because he's a great person. I met him on several occasions. I actually invited him to the school. And, um, yeah, we definitely going to make that work.
2: Now, Coach, Richie, i again with you. First of all, I want to thank you so much for giving us time to get to know not only you but your staff, your, your, your players, and, and, and to hear the passion in your voice about – I don't even know if he has, if he even knows what a school bus is. I, I love that. I, I love the factor that you don't give them an option, right? I mean, your actions is yeah. the words. Those are the words that are bond to me because it's not what you say, it's what you do. So if only football right. is what you do, then, then you just don't fit to what we do. And and I think that that's something that these young men will appreciate. And, and I just want to thank you and your athletic director and uh, your players who we're going to be bringing these guys in one by one or three by threes or however you can let it happen to introduce, them to the rest of those out here in the community, not just in Charleston or the the low country, but around the country as we have a very large listening base. Uh, but there have always been athletes right there where you're coaching at right now, Coach, and, and for you to allow us to highlight, spotlight a lot of those guys and uh, give the stories that you're going to be doing throughout this season, I just want to advance say thank you for this opportunity, Coach. No problem at all.
1: Well, we look no forward all.
2: to it again. Uh, enjoyed tonight's practice, and you know what? I don't know if you did it on purpose, but we're going to get you a shirt just because of the fact that I heard kids in the background practicing football.
7: <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs> well done indeed. We appreciate you, Coach. Yeah, we were supposed to be off the field by 730, but the job wasn't done yet, so we just had to get it in. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. We're going to head that way, by the way. We'll catch up with you here. Uh, on one
2: of the days real soon. We'll kind of socially distance. We'll bring our masks, but we'll definitely maybe look like a pay-per-view group. We'll look through the fence at you guys, but uh, we look forward to meeting you for the first time. And uh, Well, I do, because I know Eugene's had a chance to talk to you, but uh, I, I do really look forward to having the Cougars part of Southern Sports Central and the lifestyle that you guys have yeah. and all the athletes, and academically, by the way, you guys have a lot of academic athletes sitting on that football field just as much yeah. as they are athletic. We want to highlight that as well,
7: we do. We do. We definitely do. Well, enjoy the
2: night, Coach. Uh, Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time. Pleasure. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. And like that, we pull up the bus and we get it back on the road And we want to thank the head football coach over there with the Cougars at North Charleston High School. That's in North Charleston, South Carolina. The one and only Coach Devin Smalls. As you know, he's he's got that resume and he's got that mentality, and trust me, it will lead – to winning some big things. We got to take a break because when we come back, I think we're going to hang out in Kershaw, South Carolina. That means it must be time for Matthew Scott. He's the founder and that of the Lone Ranger of the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association. They have a softball game coming up October 3rd. It's the seventh annual softball tournament. We're going to be broadcasting live on that date. It's a Saturday. Go ahead and circle it on your calendars. If you live around, if you're around that area, You might want to show up They've got a lot of big names And he'll mention those names Right after this Guys, here's some motivation Going into break Coming back We'll talk to the man The myth And the legend Matthew Scott, guys Don't go anywhere
10: Somebody say E, what's your alarm clock? My passion
2: My dreams wake me up I don't need no alarm
10: clock I'm going to bed Pissed. I gotta go to bed Some of you going to sleep And you don't deserve to be You don't deserve rest." lazy. You don't deserve rest. Rest is for people who work. You ain't doing nothing. Every day you chilling. You need to know your why. And my why wakes me up every single morning. Why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? And that's so important. Look, ain't no more talking. This is it. If you ready to take your game to the next level in whatever it is, sports, life, business, whatever it is, is—health. listen to me very closely. You got to change that mindset. Somebody came up to me. They said, E.T., man, I'm tired, E.T. I'm tired, E.T. I put in the work, E.T. I'm not seeing the results, E.T. I'm ready to give up, E.T. I'm ready to give in, E.T. I did what you told me to do. I read the book you told me to read. I put in the hours you told me to put in. E, I'm doing it and I'm not seeing anything. My why is every single day when I wake up, every minute of the day, every hour of the day, I have an opportunity. Somebody who quit, somebody who gave up, somebody who stopped in life. I have the power at my nickname, the refresher. I have the power as the refresher to make you believe again, to make you get up when you got up three times and you say, I'm not getting up no more. When you get to the point where enough is enough, when you get to the point where it hurt real bad, when you get to the point you can't take it no more, when you get to that point, I'm telling you, I can't explain it to you. But doors start opening. Opportunities start happening. But what you cannot do is you cannot quit doing the process. Why? 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 I'm about to wrap this thing up. Listen to me. You can't make a difference. Until you make a decision...
2: back, everybody. Richie Alvin here, live on Southern Sports Central, coming to you from the one and only Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios right here on the coastline of South Carolina. I'm, of course, standing with Eugene Benton, coming to you from the final 30 minutes. And we want to welcome and thank the entire group over there at North Charleston High School who just joined us. That is the Cougars. Uh, they are a, a very impressive group of athletes and, and a very, very impressive group of academics. Uh, over there with the uh, leadership of Devin Smalls, who is taking that program to a level that they have not even imagined yet. And I believe in what he's doing. And I had uh, a great conversation with Coach Smalls before he jumped on. And uh, we will be live uh, coming out of uh, the Thursday show. We're we're not done meeting and greeting some coaches because uh, we're actually going to be taking it uh, a little bit further into the uh, Charleston city limits, if you will. We're going to be heading over to Burke High School on Thursday. I'm looking forward to having that conversation with uh, their head football coach, Anthony Sterling. He'll be joining us on Thursday along with a few other coaches. So uh, just grab that popcorn, pop it fresh, enjoy whatever beverage you got there with you, because I promise you Thursday will be another great show. But before we get to Thursday, we got to wrap up this show on Tuesday. And that means we're heading to Kershaw, South Carolina. The baseball theme kind of lets you know it's time to talk some South Carolina youth. Diabetes Association, the annual 7th annual softball game kicking off our first pitch, if you will, to baseball October 3rd. Around, well, we'll let Matthew tell it. What's up, Matthew? How's life in Kershaw, buddy?
11: Oh, man, everything's great, but uh, can't complain. I'm the the clock is ticking, I'm excited. It's one of those deals where it's uh, you know, it's Christmas morning, you can't wait to go get to the ball field.
2: No doubt about it. We're going to be there this year. You know, they say, uh, you know, as long as the, the, the Lord willing and the creek don't rise, and even if it does rise, we'll bring a boat this time because it did rise last year. But we're coming with ponchos because uh, it's just what's going to happen. We'll be there on October 3rd broadcasting live. A lot of great names on the roster, man. And I think, you know, you always wonder, can you do it better next year than you did the past year? My friend, check that box, feather and the cat whatever you guys got to do over there at your, uh, your organization because it looks like another stellar group of men and women coming to uh, really show some talent or the lack of. We'll see which one.
11: <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, every – it's like every year, as soon as we clean up and lock up the field, uh, you know, with as long as I've been doing this event, my dad, he always looks at me and says, so when are you going to start next year? Uh <laughs> give me about 20 minutes. <laughs> you know, and it's like – and we always joke about how it's like I'm a, a little bit of a mastermind behind this operation, putting all the names and auction items and everything possible together to, you know, the the part of a dream you've had for so much, for so long. And it's crazy, to, you know. You keep saying seven years. I keep looking at the calendar. I'm like, holy cow! We've really done this for seven years.
2: A seven-year stretch, man. i got to be honest with you. When you and your mother, I believe father, and a bunch of your family uh, were all introduced to us here at Southern Sports Central, this was the first year. Here we are six, seven years later, and we're still talking. We're still doing – and while you were diagnosed with diabetes, and some would say it would be – I don't like to use the word of discouragement, uh, but an opportunity to reason to not do it. You looked at it as a promotion, an opportunity to propel you, a platform, if you will, to say, look – this doesn't mean you can't do it. This just means you have to be aware of how to do it. The right way. The medicines. The the food, the nutrition, and the amount of rest, correct? I mean that's that's kind of even though I know we're gonna play the big softball game and the home run derby is gonna play a part, but there's actually a mission that goes on with the dream that you continue to sell and to live day in and day out, brother.
11: Yeah, that is true. You know, you keep we always you know, have that every time we come on that you mention that point and to me personally Yes, if you're diagnosed with diabetes, for, for example, you – I mean, yes, it's going to have its moments. It's going to knock you down on your butt. But one of the things I've learned over the last few years, and it's really – it's, you know, really beneficial to me is, you know, you see a lot of kids getting diagnosed at a young age or, at an, eight, or an age regardless, I should say. And you know they're they don't know what to do. The families don't know what to do. You know they need they need that support system. And you know as you've probably seen on my social media, Richie, uh, we've I teamed up with a kid last year. I had the privilege to know him and the family quite well because he was diagnosed. You know I think he's seven or eight now. And uh, you know he they they didn't have anybody to talk to the. You know who can I talk to in in this situation if for my blood sugars or what if you know something comes around and I need somebody for advice with, involving diabetes in life. You know that that situation to me felt like a I guess you can call it a golden opportunity because you know it's been a really a blessing because we've I've got to know the that family really well over the last couple last year and a half and this and this year I actually. You know, we teamed up with the family. I through his mother, great. You know, great family. I said, you know, let's let's make this official. We want I want to have him throw out the first pitch. I want to, you know, give him a memory that he'll remember for a long time. And that happened. you know, looking days later, she sends me the video of the conversation we had. And that's you know, when you see a kid smiling ear to ear when they need somebody to talk to, you know, you've done something. Very great, you know.
2: We're live right now, of course, uh, hanging out with Matthew Scott. He is part, of course, the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association. It is a softball game happening on October 3rd in Kershaw, South Carolina. It is the seventh annual event here. As the other sports center will be broadcasting live from the Home Run Derby to the final out. We'll be doing a lot of Facebook Lives. We'll be doing a lot of interviews. Even, I think, we're going to actually be on the field and try to move around. Try not to get hit, if you will. Uh, But it will be a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, and uh, a a ton of memories that will be made. Uh, Now, you mentioned, and, again, I don't want to jump the gun or anything, but but is there anything else that you want to announce tonight? I know we talked about possibly uh, announcing a few other things, but is there anything else that you want to – Maybe put out there in the wings or, uh, you know, what else new is happening. And by the way, I, I did see the video of the young man in your conversation. And, brother, not surprised that you did it. Just excited to have an opportunity to see it. Yeah. And,
11: like I said, it's just a huge blessing. You know, good Lord willing, he's put me in this spot. You never,
2: you know, looking back on, it, you never thought
11: you'd be in this position. But he, you know, he gives you, he lets you find a purpose and he lets you make the most out of it. But, uh, yeah, there's a – we've talked we talk about some other things that are coming around. Uh, next Saturday, I believe September 5th, that – yep, September 5th, we will be having the 2020 Skyda Softball draft. We will be announcing this year's rosters and coaching staffs with myself and Palmer Hudson from the Lancaster High School baseball program up in Lancaster, South Carolina. Uh, we're – you know, a lot of a lot of names up up for grabs. You make sure you want to say who goes number one, you know, because a lot of <laughs> – there's a lot of talent. Like we've both – me and you both talked Richie, from guys like John Abraham to Adam Westmoreland and Black Jack McDowell, you know, and a bunch of, you know, guys from, you know, even from Winthrop University, Newberry College. It's going to be exciting. There's a lot of – there's a lot of –
2: Names, power, and There's a, there's and a few stars. Wait a minute. No, no. I know you yeah, mentioned the guys, few... man, but you got some ladies showing up now. You got some big <laughs> names on the ladies' side. They might yeah, uh, out these guys, by the way. One of them, I know, for sure.
11: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised because I give a bunch of guys uh, a hard time from it. Uh, but, yeah, there's a few uh, ladies coming back from years past. Uh, Kinsley Adams, who's a longtime A.J. softball standout. Um uh, Leah Young, who was a first baseman up at Winthrop University, she brings some, star, some uh, power for the Women's Home Run Derby. Uh, Sydney Sullivan, who will be joining us for the first time ever this year. Uh, she's from Buford, South Carolina. And it's, it's funny because I'm speaking all in Lancaster County. This is all about 20, 30 minutes from Kershaw, so this is all cheap plugs. <laughs> but it's great. You know, she pitched. She had a great you know, high school career and a collegiate career up at Limestone University. Uh, Michelle Edwards excited to have her back again this year. Uh, she, you know, <clears throat> you know, she made she was a you know great defender last year. She had the bat. She brought the bat as well. Uh, trying to think if, if I'm missing anybody else. There's I mean, and the the favorite to win the home run derby. I should throw his name out there. Good is Adam Westmoreland, who played for the Carolina Gamecocks during the 2010 and 2011. World Series years, College World Series years, Uh, Colby Holmes. He is looking to come back and win the Home Run Derby this year after last year's winner, Benji Johnson, who was the only two-time winner in the history of our Home Run Derby. Uh, You know, some other great names, like I said, John Abraham, Black Jack McDowell, Herm Winningham, who was part of the Cincinnati Reds, and Kershaw's very own Kip Rollins, who was a part of the North Greenville baseball program for under uh, Landon Powell for a couple of years up there in Greenville. He had a great college career. He got to be a part of the Mariners organization last year. Uh, You know, there's a bunch of Lancaster County names that I'm excited to have this year because me personally, it feels like it's going to be a a homecoming per se where you can see a whole bunch of fans in the stands.
2: Yeah. Well, you also have some Gamecocks. I'm a Gamecock. Eugene's a Gamecock. And uh, you mentioned a lot of Gamecocks. Darrell King, we just mentioned him. In the last interview, he's also going to be making the road trip, probably riding with us, by the way, up, to, uh, up there to Kershaw. So uh, he stands a little bit small at six seven and 300 pounds, by the way, thinking if we can get him to hit the ball, he's going to be a dangerous cat to, to keep it inside the park. But, uh, yeah, we want to thank you for taking time out. Uh, we'll do this again uh, the Monday – excuse me, the Sunday. The Sunday after you do your draft, you can come on and kind of give us, you know, the breakdown, your highlights of both rosters, and uh, if you want to start sending some of those guys on to, to, to kind of give a, a promotion here throughout the, the next couple of months, man, I'd love to have that opportunity to kind of give yourself an opportunity for a plug and then maybe get us, we'll get your commercial cut and play that during the breaks as well. Buddy. But we are hundred percent invested in what you're doing. We're all about what you're doing. And this platform is the reason for what you're doing going, well, I'll say the reason what you're doing, but the opportunity for us to promote what you're doing here on Southern Sports Central, big guy.
11: I appreciate a ton, you know, six or seven years now getting the chance to know you personally, Richie, you know, for what yes, you've sir. done over the last few years, you know, the names you've brought in is astounding. The work you've done, I applaud you for that, and I humbly thank you for giving me the opportunity year in and year out to come come in, you know, sit, c- come in, sit down, talk about some, about the the dream I've had for many years. Um uh, you know, this year's event, I'm really excited to see what's in the store. You know, like I told you last time I was on the air, uh, this year's game is the first ever night game in the history of the event. So, I'm it's going to be fun watching some softballs fly into the night. It's going to be a memorable night overall. To me, it's, it's going to be special, you know, and we're trying our best to. We're finalizing up some guidelines for as far as the – Covid nineteen social distancing stuff is required. We're, you know, we're going to be prepared on all angles as possible. We're also like and like I've said, come one, come all. I hope to see everybody, see everybody in attendance this year. It's going to be a great time, great roster, uh, great auction items. Even I have to talk about that next time I'm on the air with you, Richie. But uh, it's going to be a great time. I'm looking forward to having you guys down here. And hey, I'm going to make sure I cover you guys this year too with some food provided by K Town Cafe and Ice Cream. Ah, there you go. I, I had to throw that cheap plug in there because I told the <laughs> boss lady that to listen in tonight. Cause
2: I might, I might throw them out there as a little shout out. <laughs> hey, that's what we're here for, man. Let's let's build it together, man. It takes a it takes a village to raise everybody and to take care of us all here uh, in the uh, the the small world that we all live in. That we somehow find a way back to the same place called home. And, again, we appreciate you letting us have a place in your home over there with the South Carolina uh, Youth Diabetes Association, buddy. God bless you. Take care. I'll check in with you off the air because I know some things that we're trying to put together as well, my friend. But we'll talk soon. Thank you again, bud.
11: Sounds great, guys. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. And y'all have a good night. There you go, ladies
2: and gentlemen. And like that, we take the bus back to the studio. Of course, that was – Matthew Scott. He is the founder and the the big man behind the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association. Well, big-time softball game coming up on October 3rd in Kershaw, South Carolina. It's the seventh annual one. You want to check it out. If you can't make it, don't worry. We'll bring the game to you live right here on Southern Sports Central. I don't have a lot of time, but I do have Eugene. I'm going to bring you in real quick. But I do have somebody getting ready to come in from the 843. Welcome to Southern Sports Central. Who's with us? Hello? Well, I'm not sure who it is there, Eugene. Again, uh, somebody was on hold there, so we'll, we'll put them back in the, back in the queue. But, uh, again, a great job uh, there by all of those who joined us here tonight on the show. Of course, we started off, as always, Reginald Walker, Jr., all the way from Charlotte, North Carolina, joins us at 6.30 for us. For his uh, tent farm segment, brought a ton of knowledge, and they even dropped us with a ton To think about as he left us uh, at 7 o'clock, and then at 7.30, it was uh, Coach Rocco Adrian joining us all the way from Wando High School in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, a 5A school, the largest high school in the state of South Carolina. Uh, Talked to about the Warriors of last year, the Warriors of this year, and of course, the loss of their big-time athletic director, who was a huge contributor across the country, across the state of South Carolina, in multiple homes, across many that he touched uh, the path that you guys would cross. Well, he did a lot of things uh, with that as well. Uh, I know the hearts are heavy also right now with Coach Skip who passed away uh, last week over at Fort Dorchester. So our thoughts and prayers are with the fort tonight as well. Uh, You know, guys, again, you know, you, you embrace, you, 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 you love on, you don't wait to take the flowers when they are called home. You love on them while they're here. And we've learned a lot of that through a lot of lives that we've seen get called home uh, way too early in some instances. And again, uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers with anyone tonight who's dealing with the loss of a loved one. It doesn't have to be an athlete. doesn't have to be a coach. It uh, doesn't have to be. It just has to be somebody that was close to you. So, on behalf of all of us, to all of you guys, uh, if you're dealing with the sickness, we pray for you as well. And then, of course, uh, it was Coach Devin Small, so North Charleston High School all the way over there. The Cougars checking in at 8 o'clock, talked about what they had last year, what they got this year on top of a new stadium. You heard it in the background, the, the, the players counting it down, working it out, said, Rich, we're supposed to be done by 7.30. We ain't ready yet. We ain't done yet. So we still practice it. And, of course, he took a few minutes to talk to us about what's going on over there. And then we had Matthew Scott. He is the founder and the huge backing behind the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association. It's the softball game over there hosting. And Kershaw, South Carolina, October 3rd, Eugene, myself, and a few others will get together that day and, well, bring you awareness on the youth diabetes and again it's not a disability it's not anything other than an opportunity for us to help promote and encourage and yet educate those students how to live their life how to go about the right ways the things to eat the rest to get and the things that they need to do so that they can live as much of a normal life as possible don't forget there are college athletes there are professional athletes and there is businessmen and women every way every day out here in their societies and in their communities that are very successful to deal with that same thing. Eugene, I'll kind of let you talk a little bit here because you know, I you've been sitting back on the world of uh social media, copying, pasting and bringing in all the uh the headlines from all these interviews. Great job, buddy.
3: Yeah, man, thanks a lot. It's uh been a great show, you know, a lot of a lot of, a lot of a lot of information to cover. I mean everyone brings such a different angle, you know, whether they're a coach or a player or or, 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 you know, someone involved in like, you know, Reginald who has been in the media who also was a coach, who also was a player. And, uh, you know, it, it's just an exciting time to be a part of this uh, program. Uh, it's an exciting part time to be a part of this community. You know, the community is growing. The community is, you know, bouncing back from some, you know, pretty, uh, pretty bad things, you know, and, uh, whether it be, you know, COVID or storms or, or social issues and things like that. But, uh, you know, right now it seems like, you know, you talk to a lot of people and everything's kind of now, we're starting to get that positive flow. We're starting to get that flow. And, you know, <clears throat> you're starting to hear from coaches, man, I got my guys back. I got my kids back, man. I couldn't wait to just love on them. Get them back in the house. You're starting to feel that everybody's come home kind of thing. Now let's get back to, you know, let's, we're going to be safe and do it the right way. Well, let's get back to some normalcy. Let's get back to the things we love doing You know, let's not focus on some of that other stuff right now. Let's focus on, you know, the positive things. And, you know, you can kind of see from March while we were sitting here talking about Marvel tournaments and, you know, everything just got shut down. People were scared. People didn't know what to do with their time. You know, athletes had just had their seasons canceled and all that. You know, we talked to those athletes, you know, for months. They just lost their seasons. Now we're, we're kind of feeling that rebirth. It's kind of like that spring after the winter. And that's what it's such a great part uh, or a great time to be a part of that, uh, and to hear these you know athletes and coaches and people, and uh, you know just kind of you, you can hear that spring rebirth in their voices, and it's such a beautiful thing to hear. And uh, it's been a great uh, so far as like you said, busy weekend. It's been a great start of the week, and I just hope we can keep it going, buddy.
2: Yeah, I agree with you, man. And I want to thank you personally uh, on the air. And I thank you a lot off the air, but, but let people know, look, Eugene and I, we, we, we make the travels. We work together in the studio here where at one point he was there and I was here, but tonight, you know, we try to get back to that normalcy. You know, we're practicing that, right? We're practicing the social distance, with the glass in between us, well, that's there anyway, you know, in, in producing and, and, and all of that, That that's already been in place. But that being said, You know, we're trying to get our things up and running here at Southern Sports Central. You know, we did take the trip to North Carolina. We will be back in North Carolina, by the way, sometime in uh, September as the Infinity guys, or maybe it's October, got to look at the dates here, uh, are looking to do something. And again, you know, we're going to slow down a little bit from hitting some of these roads because Friday night lights are here, all right? It's around the corner. And George, he and I and and a few others uh, here on Southern Sports Central and the staff are going to be reporting live from different venues and so this is going to be a fun time so you kind of heard it a little bit earlier and that is we are looking to do uh coming up once football season happens we will no longer be on sunday nights we will move that action to saturday morning saturday morning will be a a huge recap of what we have of course uh seen on the friday night that's the plan as of right now and then don't forget saturday night you know we're going to be doing the game of the week for the south carolina youth football association over there with those guys so we're Going to have a, a cheerleader of the game. We're going to have an athlete of the game and an academic athlete of the game. So there's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll have somebody on the sideline. We'll have two of us up in the box. And it will be, as you see on a Friday, Saturday, or even Sunday broadcast, it will be a lot of fun. And we're looking forward to that going forward. So you know, I mentioned Everett Sands. Uh, he's going to be bringing his group of uh, individuals with his team coming in. They're going to be doing their show here on Southern Sports Central. The South Carolina High School Blitz, they're going to be doing their show here. Uh, so so the, the, the future looks bright, not only, you know, uh, for those outside of the walls of Southern Sports Central, but we're doing all that we can to surround ourselves with some of the best around the business. As he talked about that with Reginald Walker Jr., of course, he has a show uh, that we're working on with him as well. So there's just a lot of things that we're working on. Stay tuned to some announcements. I, of course, uh, have some big news coming up here. I'll release that on the air probably on Thursday. Uh, you may see it on social media if you follow me at Richie Altman. Uh, that's my Twitter handle. You can follow me over on Facebook at Richie Altman. Of course, it's the, the beautiful frame of myself sitting there. You can figure that part out. I'll kidding the side there. Uh, Eugene, I'll let you give yourself a plug real quick, brother, how to find you on the, uh, the World Wide Web on Twitter, because I know they follow us at So Central. but you want a little in-depth on what we do, you can follow us independently.
3: Yeah, and it's a, at Coach E. Benton, that's e's and, uh, E or Eugene. He is an E, whatever you want to call it. It's uh, Coach E. Benton. Uh, I also do some side training. Uh, I do a lot of training with uh, specialists and specialize in training kickers and punters and things like that. Uh, here locally. I also uh, take guys up do national training uh, with the Coles group and get their national rankings. We compete all over the country. Uh, just started working with Dan Orner, who's a kicking guru, who has a lot of college and NFL connections up in Charlotte. I'll be in Charlotte Sunday with him. Um, so, you know, it, it, and just the radio show as well. So we're, we're both doing this together. We also do some of our own things. I know Richie's got some big things cooking he's going to talk about. but also have the like I said, the Low Country Kicking Academy, and you know, I train guys all the way up from uh, middle school to seniors in high school. So, uh, you know, working with uh, Asher Ridge, a, a younger guy, Stratford, Oceanside, Lucy Beckham, uh, worked with other guys, uh, Pinewood Prep. Um, you know, so it's, it's not really doesn't really matter who you play for if you want to come out and get some work. You know, we'll talk to the coach and see what we can do for you. So just uh, holler at me and uh,
2: we'll we'll get that work in for you. So, as you can see, guys, we do as much as we can within the walls and the arms that we can reach and the ears that we can, and of course, reach out to as well. And we want to encourage you to follow us on our Twitter pages personally, but don't forget, Southern Sports Central, at Sports Central. And you can follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. We're on Instagram at Southern Sports Central as well. And, again, you know, we try to get as much as we can. We try to promote these young athletes. We want to say congratulations. Uh, I don't want to name – One, because I'll forget the other one, but anyone who got an offer today to go to college, we say congratulations. You, of course, have uh, taken that next step. So we're proud of you. On behalf of us at Southern Sports Central, we look forward to watching you do great things. And, again, it's not over yet. The journey has just begun, and we, unfortunately, have come to an end here at Southern Sports Central. I want to thank, again, Reginald Walker, Jr., Coach Rocco Adrian. He's the head football coach at Wando. Coach Devin Smalls over there at North Charleston, part of that Cougar uh, of course, a uh, group of guys who were ready to roll. You heard him in the background. Matthew Scott, the founder of the South County Youth Diabetes Association softball game annually, the seventh one coming up on October 3rd. Guys, on behalf of Eugene, I'm Rich Yaldman. This has been Southern Sports Central right here on Blog Talk Radio. Guys, we'll see you soon. That's Thursday night, 6 p.m. Take care.
6: news no one ever wants to hear It hit me like a punch and took my breath. He was just getting into his best years Yes, something like that Will shake you up It'll Wake you up So I stopped off at a Texaco Bought a Slim Jim and a Coke Walked out by the water just to watch that river flow. Grabbed my guitar from the back seat, wrote a song just for me. I sung it for the blue sky and a couple of old trees. I thought of home. Grabbed my phone from my parking. I called mama. But it rang a couple of
0: times. And she-